Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Here's Johnny. Hey, motherfucker. You never go ask them out. Now what is so damn funny? And here we go. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. Force will be with you. Always. But the truth! You can't handle the truth! Showtime, everybody! Showtime! What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of the Fanboys Anonymous Movie Club Podcast. This is episode number 21 for December 2015, and because Star Wars The Force Awakens is coming out, we figured there's no better time than to knock out the Star Wars saga. Six movies, episodes one through six, just to get us prepared for episode seven. And if you are going to follow along with us, we're going to go prequels to original trilogy, so blah, but... You know, you start building up towards the good stuff, and then you take a little dip down with Return of the Jedi. But nonetheless, that is our plan for December. So I need to introduce to you everybody who's going to be talking about these movies. I am your host, Tony Mango, and joining me on this panel is Kaylin Ferris. Hey, what's happening? Angie Williams. Hello. And Sean Walker. After Mission Impossible, I honestly thought you wouldn't have me back. Oh. Was it that bad? <laughs> Let's say he didn't really watch the movies as much as he watched how attractive uh, Tom Cruise was in number two. Oh, God. Which I can't yeah, blame him. Yeah, all right. Good looking guy. <laughs> so we are going to talk about The Phantom Menace first off. Episode one, of course, makes sense. 1999 is when it was released. The Rotten Tomato scores, for those who want to know that, 56 for the tomato meter on the critic side, 60%. For the audience score, not so great considering how fantastic Star Wars is regaled as, you know, the franchise and everything else like that. Uh, we, of course, had episodes four through six first, and then people went back and they were just incredibly, incredibly excited to do episode one. But then everybody's expectations went downhill. And it's mostly because of one thing or whatever. We're going to try to stay away from some aspects of the prequels. Uh, mostly the idea of, like, this is everything that went wrong and everything that we would change and stuff, because there's going to be an upcoming article on Fanboys called Fanboys Fix It about the prequels. All my opinions about that are all there, so I'm going to shut up when it comes to that stuff. But overall impressions, first time you watched it, and, you know, if you've watched it any time since then or whatever, what did you guys think of The Phantom Menace? Kaylin, I'm going to start off with you. Well, it is. it was, what, 16 years between episode six and episode one. And so the anticipation factor was higher than it had ever been since Star Wars first came out. You know, I was one of those guys who went to the midnight showing of Phantom Menace and was super excited, watched it in the theater. I loved it. Uh, then I went back and watched it, you know, maybe four or five more times in the theater. And I still liked it. You know, it didn't quite have that same impact that it had the very first time I viewed it. But I didn't shit all over it the same way a lot of people I knew did. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people completely hated every single part about it. And there were certain parts that are annoying. But with any movie, there's usually a, at least a few things that are wrong with it. Overall, though, I I still, to this day, and I argue with people about it, I still think it's a good movie. And I am not afraid to say that. Angie, on your side of things, what do you think about Phantom Menace? 
I was right beside Kaylin when we saw it, the midnight showing. I was so excited about it. I I was a lot younger than Kaylin. And when I saw it, I turned into a child and just <laughs> sat back and enjoyed every moment of it. And unfortunately, every now and then it would sneak into the back of my mind that they just put that in for the kids so they they could sell shit. Mm, that's an overrunning theme of this movie. Thankfully, it's not as much for two and three. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I will agree. Ugh, I mean, uh, we definitely need to break that down. Sean, what do you think about The Phantom Menace? Well, when this first came out, I was a wee little lad. I was 10 years old. Puberty didn't hit. So... When 10-year-old Anakin Skywalker got, you know, jiggy with part of me, I was like, <laughs> damn, anything is possible. Was that a deleted <laughs> scene? I don't remember that part. <laughs> it's right after that part where she puts the blanket over him and she's like, you know, I'm always going to care for you. And he's like, prove it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, when I was 10 watching this, I thought it was incredibly boring and dull and tedious and well... The lightsaber battles were pretty cool. The Naboo fighting was pretty cool. The pod racing was pretty cool. Other than that, it was like, well, 50 minutes of talking before Darth Maul got introduced. I don't mind the talk. I I can see the younger crowd not, you know, getting a little bored with the speech. And as a 10-year-old, Jar Jar Binks still sucked dick. (laughs) I can see the guys disliking him more than the girls. Really? Why so? Just because of how cute and silly he was. Oh, you thought he was cute? I hate him so much. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, you know, he fit his personality. See, now, I also want to throw out there for the people that are just, I don't know, I don't know why I would do this and have people against me, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't like George R. Binks, but I also don't like Ewoks. So... I'm part of that crew that, like, I don't like anything childish in the Star Wars films. And oh, it's, I it's... love them. Really? Yes. I, my mom, you know, I was really little. She got me a stuffed animal and toys of them because she loves Star Wars more than some of the guys I know. And, yeah, she was getting me so many toys of them. I mean, as a small child, blink before. (laughs) (laughs) As a small child, I liked him more than than I did. You know, as I got older, you know, and like a teenager, I wasn't as keen on the Ewoks. But you know, and then then for a while, a number of years, I was thinking, oh well, you know, Ewoks are probably the worst thing about it. And then and then you know, they introduced Jar Jar. So I'm like, okay, they're nowhere on the same level. You can't even compare. (laughs) Ewoks have bothered me. See, it was always R two D two and Chewie though always used to know the fuck out of me because they never spoke any English and it just, uh, I don't know. I thought they handled the Ewoks well. I mean, if you look at it today, if they would have done the Ewoks today, they would have gone way over the top with the cheesy jokes and, you know, the whole, I hate to say Disney style because now Disney's in charge of it, but hopefully they don't go overboard with that kind of, you know, predictable Mm. thing that you see in all the common kids movies these days. Well, we'll talk more Ewoks when we get to Return of the Jedi, yeah. but I do yeah. want to just mention out there with 
bad cheesy jokes that's a, a recurring thing in phantom menace i mean how many poop jokes do we need in this movie Oh, yeah. Zero is how many we need. How many do we get? Way too many. I know there's at least two. There's the the farting, whatever the hell that thing is, yep. and um, then Jar Jar steps and shit. Yep. Uh, but oh no, there's actually three of them because there's the the first line when I was rewatching this where I realized that Jar Jar wouldn't wouldn't be bad at the beginning of this movie. Like he'd be a decent character if he didn't go to Tatooine. But the line that kills it and starts going downhill is the Yusa and bad doo-doo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was just, ah, shit. <laughs> you know? Yep. Face palm. Mm. Jar Jar is, without a doubt, my least favorite part of this movie, but I also have to say, I don't like the idea that Anakin is a little kid. I think he would have been better off as a teenager. Well, with their plans of the future, I can see why he was younger. I thought it worked. You know, I, I think seeing more of the evolution of the character was fine. You know, I, I think it totally worked. I, I would have said a 14, 15-year-old would have been better mm-hmm. than a 9, 10-year-old. And again, and if you said wanna... it would make sense with Padme. Right? Yeah. There's no way in hell a 16-year-old would... Look would at a 9-year-old and be like, yeah. mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Again, that was something in the back of my mind that just screamed... They want the kids to like this movie. Well, at that point, it wasn't really a romantic relationship, though. It was more of a, you know, a loving, caring relationship. I don't think it was anything romantic about it. Yeah, yeah but it could have been. That's why they wanted him younger. You know, like it could have been like, um, and I go into this in more detail in the, the Fanboys Fix It thing, but if he would have been around her age, maybe like, maybe a year younger, maybe a year older, maybe the same age, he could have been more interested in helping them because he's interested in the, the cute girl. Like, that could have been one of his main things, because really, I mean, he's just sort of like, we're a slave and we need to give everything and stuff, and that's cool, but if he would have also just kind of been like, plus there's that hottie, and then it would have <laughs> kind of shown that he's that he's a little bit selfish, because that's something that bugs me about episode one, is that Anakin, he's too good in that movie. I, I can see what you're saying, that would have been a good idea. Like just that out. one little thing. Yeah, oh, just he's selfish. Just a little thing that he's like he's not bad, but he's very selfish at times, and he justifies it in his own head as like, yeah, I want to. Well, I want to help him out. And what if she's interested in me too? And whatever, what's wrong with that? And the Jedi would be like, well, you shouldn't be interested in getting anything out of return. And he's like, why not? Like you know that kind of thing. Yeah. And I also threw out the suggestion here, and I want to see if you guys uh, have any opinions about it. I think during that pod race, Anakin should have cheated to beat Sebulba. And he could have justified it as being fair because Sebulba cheated first. I'm going to say no, because that made the race so much better, was that he really did win. Like he defied all odds kind of thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it made him special. Well, what do you guys think about the pod race in general? Because the thing that bugs me about that, I mean, the pod race is awesome. I think, oh, like, yeah, it blew my mind. Right? Yeah, it was great. I think the setup drags too long. Yeah. It is a long segment. Like, yeah, the, po- a... the pod race segment itself is, is well over a half hour, right? Uh, if you I mean, count including the... setup and everything. Yeah, if you count, like, he's fixing the pod and right. that yeah. setup of, like, let's introduce everybody and that, that terrible... Uh, the announcers and stuff like that. Hey, that was Greg Proops. 
That was Greg Proops? Yeah, from Who's Line and Really? Stuff. Yeah. Really? Yep. Cool. Who's the other one, do you know? I don't know. Some guy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like the fact Jabba the Hutt was the host. Really? There goes Quadranero's power couplings. Yeah, those great groups. I, I did I like it. Yeah, the fact that was. Jabba was there, I think, was kind of forced. That was unnecessary. Well, he does live in Tatooine. Yeah, but why does he have to be involved with every single aspect? I mean, I don't know. And Jabba's wife is fat. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got an upgrade with um, Slave Girl Leia, right? Yeah, where is she in Return of the Jedi? Did he just go, Ye- like, Yeta. get a divorce? Yeta, but that's what happened. Oh, yeah, she was killed long ago. <laughs> she's a playful meal with the baby least. slugs. Yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was like, do the dishes, and you just throw in the snake pit. <laughs> <laughs> he got. She's like one of those side people. Like, she's okay with his mobster activities, but she doesn't like his slaves and stuff. <laughs> uh, let's see what we got here. Um... We had an introduction, which some argue is necessary, some argue isn't, to R2-D2 and C-3PO. Um, they didn't need to be in these movies, but then Lucas kind of went back and said, like, they're all told through their uh, perception and stuff. Mm-hmm. I go 50-50 on this. I think R2 is great. They get, like, an action scene and he saves the day and stuff, but 3PO, why was he made by Anakin? That, I thought, again, was forced. It's like, you don't need to go back and, you know, retcon all of this stuff. C-3PO, he could have been introduced in any number of ways. Him being built by Anakin, I thought it was just weird. Yeah. It's like, why did they have to do that? I I don't know. Because Anakin mean, it, it didn't doesn't... have any real friends of his own. Yeah, that fat little kid. I mean, and, it didn't uh, bother me, but it just seemed like that they felt like, oh, everything has to be tied together as closely as possible, and it just seemed forced. Mm-hmm. No no pun no intended. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Which fat kid are you talking about? The one that's Lucas's daughter? No, the, the fat Asian kid. And uh, then you had G- baby Greedo. Well, that's and, and the, the one that's a friend of his isn't Greedo. Greedo's in a deleted scene. Oh, no, that's baby Greedo. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> and then there's Kidster, which is just like Kidster. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I really, really loved about this movie, I have to say, is probably my favorite thing about this is that the Jedi themselves, they're like mythic and awesome, and we get a cool concept like the Jedi Council, which beforehand we didn't know about, and we just kind of take it for granted. Like everybody talks about the prequels as being nothing good about it, yet everybody talks about the Jedi Council, and everybody talks about the lightsaber fights and. You know, like, they just ignore the good stuff, kind of. How yeah. awesome are the Jedi in this movie? Oh, I love it. I love how um, there's just... Uh, you can see how powerful and in control they really were before the Empire. Yeah, I think seeing the backstory a little more with that definitely opens up the universe a lot more. Yeah. And especially... You know, seeing the council sitting all together, like when they bring Anakin before him and they're testing him and things like that. I thought scenes like that were really great. You could see how some of the Jedi on the council, you know, would would talk with each other about things that were going on. And especially when it came to Anakin and training and things like that. You know what was epic? Obi-Wan Kenobi's ponytail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty sweet. And the little dangling thing. The The little braid. Thing, braid thing, yeah, that was weird. 
did you guys ever see the deleted, uh, the, the deleted, the backstage featurette thing? The DVDs for these are awesome, by the way. Everybody mm. should check them out. Where, when they were originally cutting his hair, and he's talking about how he's got this, like, thick uh, Highlander type of hair, and they weren't sure if they were going to go with uh, two braids or not. He looks ridiculous. Because <laughs> mm. he's got, like, the jar, like, instead of Jar Jar's ears flapping around, it's like the two braids are flapping. Mm-hmm. So glad they went with one braid. Yeah. A lot of, like, Native American stuff, kind of. Like, Native American plus samurai. Kind of got that feel. <laughs> well, it has that, you know, kind of, you know, mythical, spiritual, in touch with with nature kind of, uh, of a background to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of in touch with nature, we get an introduction of the Midichlorians. Woohoo! <laughs> uh... <laughs> So that's coupled up with this idea that it's a retcon, sort of, although it wasn't necessarily mentioned in the other things, so it doesn't change anything. It just adds more to it. But the idea that Anakin is like Jesus Christ, this allegory where he's going to bring balance to the Force because of a prophecy and all this. On the idea of the prophecy and on midichlorians, how do you guys feel about that? The midichlorians, again, why did they have to make why did that have to be a thing? <laughs> I don't I don't get it. You know, the force I thought being a little more mysterious and you know, intangential I think was better. You know, when you say that it's these microscopic things living in your blood, that I just don't like how they did that at all. And the fact that Anakin, you know, didn't have a father. I was like, "Oh, come on. Really you're going to go that far with a Jesus, you know, comparison?" I thought that was unnecessary too. Shmi's just a whore. She's lying. Yeah. <laughs> oh. She used to be hanging out at Jabba's place. <laughs> Can you imagine Obi-Wan Kenobi going to Luke Skywalker when he turns off his visor? Believe in your blood. <laughs> Believe in your blood, Count Luke. You got it's like, hey, do you feel anything crawling around your skin, your blood, or anything like that? And he's like, eh, a little bit. He's like, good. Now, see, I always thought the Force was some sort of mystic power. That's why, he, that's why they always went, believe in the Force. Like, but no, mm-hmm. you gotta believe in your blood count. Believe in your white cell count, Luke. Nano machines. Yeah, because couldn't they make it like if they wanted to show that Anakin is over twenty thousand of something? Couldn't it just be like his power level, like the the energy that radiates from him or something? Yeah. Oh, now we're going into Dragon Ball Z territory. <laughs> I don't know shit about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so I can't help you out with that one. <laughs> but. I don't know. I kind of like the prophecy angle a little bit. It gives a little bit more of a reason for why they're so special. Instead of just time, like that they're powerful. You know, the anybody could be like powerful. The prophecy was um, in episode three, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I, you know, we, we get this like built on throughout the movies and stuff. So they, they do little twists and turns and stuff. And, you know, we'll, we'll tackle that stuff later. But um, I'll defend Metachlorians at least a little bit. I think that. The idea is a little bit flawed and it's unnecessary, but I kind of see where he was going with it. So it doesn't bug me too, too much, more like it does everybody else. Like, what bugs me about this movie more than anything are little things, like Anakin yelling yippee and asking if Padme is an angel. That's a little over the board. Oh, yeah, God. that was kind of bad. I forgot okay. about that. Mm-hmm. I really don't like what they did with, like, the Jesus thing and... Angels, yeah. Oh, I I didn't like that aspect. Like, wouldn't he know if she's an angel if he's Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> but they had cool stuff. Like, they had the decoy Padme thing. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really liked that. 
It's Kira Knightley, for those who don't know. Yeah, she was one of them. Yeah. And uh, the, apparently their parents would get them confused because they look so much alike. But some of the other people, too. Uh, one of them, uh, Sasha, I think is the name of the, the one. I don't is know that Sophia sure. Coppola? Yeah, Sophia Coppola. Yeah, she was one of them, yeah. So the, I, I didn't know that at the time. Kira Knightley, though, over what's Portman. Portman? Kira Knightley is such a better actress. She's grown into a better actress, I think. At the time, I don't know. But big fan of both. I mean, they look exactly like, how can I not like both? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Portman's got the bigger breasts. Hmm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Thumbs up for both anyway, still. What do you guys think about the racist trade federation and Watto? I like Watto. I think he's a great character. Um, you know, again, it's kind of over the top with with how they were portraying him, you know, as the as the stingy, you know, dealer. You could say Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what they were going uh, with. Well, the the Trade Federation guys, though, I mean, that was I, – I didn't really have a problem with them either. You know, I, I like how they made those characters. You really understood their motivation and and where they're coming from. So I didn't really have a problem with either of those. Not even the dialogue or the whole, like, uh, you know, the Jedi <laughs> that kind of stuff. I was okay with that. So – Biggest thing that I haven't mentioned yet that I think that really needs to be called out on. I mean, there's lots of little things that we can talk about, whether or not Qui-Gon disappeared and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. But the main thing that I would tie this all back together in is just that Darth Maul fight. Yeah. That's so good, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Best fight out of all six movies, I think. Agreed. They did a good job finding that actor. And and the pacing of it, too, was perfect. Mm-hmm. How they had the, the little partitions sort of separating them like that. That was, it added so much to the suspense. And especially when he got, when Darth Maul was in the part where they couldn't get to him at all yet. And he was just kind of pacing back and forth. Oh, yeah. That just, uh, oh, the anticipation of that moment is great. Yeah, like I, a hungry animal. I, I don't get why Qui-Gon bowed. That's the one thing that pissed me off. I think that's supposed to be him, like, concentrating. Yeah, he was meditating, I think. Or maybe he's just praying to the Force, like, oh, please don't kill me. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, fuck. I, I preferred the fight on Tatooine. Really? Yeah. Because it's, like, just kind of blocked and you don't see what's going on? Pretty much. Hmm. And, and the best fight out of all of them was um, Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi in the third one. Uh, well, I'll, I'll the argue music, against the music you score, The music score was better in this one. We had Duel of the Fates in this, though. Like, that, yeah. Such a good song. That is so... Like, that's one of the best things about the prequels in general, too. That song is so great. Pass off to John Williams. The man. So, what are your least favorite and favorite parts that we haven't mentioned yet, and what would you give this out of a ranking 0 to 10, 10 being the highest? Kayla, I'm going to go with you first. Uh, overall, I'd probably give it a 7. I would say, uh, as far as favorite parts, you know, like you said, the the final lightsaber duel, you know, how they kind of had the the different battles going on at the same time. I like that part a lot. How you had the the land battle between the Gungans and the Droid Army, you had the lightsaber battle, and you also had the space battle going on at the same time, and just how they all coordinated together. I thought that was really great. Pod race was pretty cool. Um, space battles better though. 
because because this is pod racing. Oh gosh! All right, yeah. And then and then they add shit like that. I'll try a new trick. Spinning is a new trick. Fuck you, you little yeah. shit. <laughs> but uh, overall, you know, I I enjoyed it very much, and I still enjoy it to this day. Angie, zero to ten, and some other parts you want to throw out there? I'm going to say. Let me think. Yeah, like a seven and a half, eight. I really enjoyed this one. And, you know, I'm going to go with Kaylin about the battles and just the visual. You know, just everything was so beautiful. Oh, but it was, it was the speech. It was, you know, some of those lines that really ruined it for me yeah i think we can all agree that the dialogue in the prequels was one of the weak parts of it yeah, mm, yeah. but i'm also going to say the week uh we didn't mention this today but one of the weakest things that they actually did go back and fix one of the few things they fixed in the prequels was the terrible yoda puppet yeah that was oh, really yeah. it was really really bad <laughs> and they actually went back and fixed that one that's one change i'm definitely in favor of little smushed in face mm-hmm Ugh. Sean, 0 to 10, what would you give this? And what are your favorite and least favorite parts we may not have mentioned yet? Or ones we did I, I gave it a 5.5. 5. It was a high 5. It was a high 5. But I, I didn't like... <laughs> I, I, did, I, I know. Didn't like, I didn't like most of the characters. <laughs> uh, the only character I did like was um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because Ewan McGregor is the fucking man. I didn't like the way the spaceships looked. They all looked like knobs. The little starfighter. Um, <laughs> No, the the big silver ship, you know. Oh, uh, the 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 one that looked, that looked like a big giant dildo, Nubian cruiser or whatever. I think yeah. <laughs> and uh, you got the the stupid hairstyles. Like what the fuck? Like what the fuck is the donut? Hat? <laughs> well, we had cinnamon buns before, so we need a different pastry. <laughs> then... They would have gone with Danish and Attack of the Clones and like uh, I don't know. I didn't Canolian like the fact returns. that Anakin was, like, a 10-year-old. I didn't like his haircut either. Like, a bowl cut, really. Yeah. Oh, Although he's he did a change it. He, he did change it towards the end. He did have the stupid little Obi-Wan ponytail going on. So that was something. Uh, the goods. The good. The good. What kind of thing? The, du- the double lightsaber, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get a different oh, yeah. type of lightsaber. Yeah. Which, I- when you first saw that, you were probably just kind of all, like... Oh shit! <laughs> How cool is that? I am, I am, I am getting bored though of the fact that the dark side lightsabers are always red. No, well, I think that's some kind of thing that they've said. Like the, it's like a special crystal that they use or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. I don't follow the expanded universe. One we thing I would like know. to add is one of the worst lines in the movie. I think, which you know, got every time it shows in the theater, everyone gets a chuckle out of it. But I'm like, oh, it's grown worthy. It's it's Obi Wan says something to Anakin. He's like, Anakin, you're going to be the death of me or something. Well, that's an that, Attack of the Clones. Okay, oh. I was in Attack of the Clones. Okay, but it was in <laughs> okay. this one. He's like, oh, pleased to meet you. Yeah, that's right. And then the yeah. second, one, you're, gonna you're a Jedi you. too. Pleased yeah. to meet you. And Obi Wan's okay. just like, the fuck's this kid? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, the the other cringeworthy line is in the next one, so we'll get to that. <laughs> well, there's plenty of cr- uh, cringeworthy stuff in Phantom Menace, but oh, I yeah. will argue to the end of my day that. There are still plenty of good stuff in this movie. Um, it, people like to complain about the Senate stuff. I think it's necessary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the political stuff. A good I way think, to show I off, do. like, Palpatine before he's the Emperor. Like, he's awesome. It's all about E.T.'s brothers. 
Yeah, ET's in the movie. Like, come on, man. You know? There's rumors that Predator is, too, but I don't remember seeing any of that. No. But I'd have to probably give it, like, a 6 out of 10. Maybe a 7. Depends on my mood. Uh, A lot of good stuff. A lot of bad stuff. If you take out Jar Jar and you up Anakin and you change the dialogue, maybe you get rid of, like, a little bit of the pod race setup and stuff. I think you got a really solid movie. And I mentioned, of course, before, probably my favorite part, that lightsaber fight at the end, least favorite stuff, anything with Jar Jar for the mm-hmm. most part, because, you know, bumbling around with a little bomb and all that, just get rid of it. Just, you know, he should have been killed. Huh. But that's part one. We got five more to go. Episode two is coming up next. If you are on iTunes and Stitcher, you don't have to do a single thing but sit back and relax because we'll return in just a moment with that one. But if you're on YouTube, then what you got to do is click on the next part to go on to episode two, Attack of the Clones. Stay tuned, everybody. Movie Club number 21 will return. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully you checked out episode one of Phantom Menace, and you're continuing on here with episode two, Attack of the Clones, released 2002. It's got a 65 and a 59 as far as the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes goes. So again, the uh, score is not really that fantastic, hovering around the 60 range, but can't really blame them all that much because this is one of the more problematic ones. And um, there's some good stuff again and some bad stuff. We're going to break that down naturally and whatever, but... I got a feeling we're going to be a little bit down on this one in a lot of the same sort of ways. So uh, keeping that in mind, Kalen, what's your first thoughts of Attack of the Clones? First time you saw it and how's it holding up? Well, like all the other ones, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's Star Wars. It's a new one. This one quickly dropped off, however, in repeated viewings. This one is, I think, the one that least stands up to the test of time. And in my opinion, the weakest of the six released so far. And and I'm. I'm pretty adamant about that, you know, compared to all the other ones. This one definitely is the weakest, in my opinion. There's some really good spots. You know, we had the introduction of Django Fett. We had uh, Camino and the clones. A lot of filler, though. I felt this one more than any other one had mm. just filler. So I'm going to leave it at that for now. What do you guys think? Angie, what do you think? There are some aspects I really enjoyed, like the explanation of the clones and the beginning of Bobo Fett's story, you know, how he came to be. I enjoyed those. I enjoyed the new aliens that were introduced. But yeah, there was a lot of filler. And it is the weakest of the three. Sean, you agree with the same opinion? A lot of filler, not really so great. To quote my favorite Simpsons character, worst movie ever <laughs> worst movie there, or worst star wars movie ever there was the worst movie ever oh, there was I, nothing I good about this. there's nothing good about this well i'll tell you like, there was one good thing about this and that's natalie portman in that white top <laughs> <laughs> well see there's one of the, your little parallels and it really becomes obvious in episode two where Lucas has said before that there's like a rhythm to things and he likes to make it like poetry where he's kind of getting a little bit like <laughs> a little too high up on his own horse about that. But in episode one, we had the bearded mentor Jedi gets killed. Same thing as uh, in A New Hope with Obi-Wan. In episode two, for instance, we had a couple different things like both times around in episode two and in episode uh, five, a Skywalker gets his hand cut off the main female character is wearing white 
instead of like the buns on her head and like doing that kind of stuff like that. And she gets a more of like an, an action kind of a role than she did the first time around. And it, they both end on a downer and they both end with two people and the two droids looking out like uh, some kind of like, you know, what's happening kind of in the future sort of thing. Mm-hmm. First thing I want to bring up though, about this whole thing is what do you guys think about the idea of ending on a downer? Is that a good thing for attack of the clones or is that something that is kind of unnecessary because revenge of the Sith has to end on a downer? I don't think Revenge of the Sith necessarily did end on a downer. Everybody died. <laughs> but we know what it was leading to. It wasn't, I don't know. Well, we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, <laughs> as far as ending on a downer, I don't think it necessarily, that in general, makes it good or bad. Like, for example, Empire Strikes Back ended on a downer. And I thought that worked really well. This one I thought worked well, too. Obviously not as well as as Empire. But... I I like that, you know, when because because we know this isn't the end of the story. So ending on a downer here, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. It's one of those you it's it's building up the anticipation for the next one. You know, OK, they may be down. Things may be bleak, but we know that there's another chapter here. So I think it was good in that respect. Anybody think that they should have had a little bit happier of an ending? No, I I disliked but enjoyed at the same time the similarities of what we knew was uh, happening I I understand why he did it but it was a little annoying because of how obvious it was so the 10 year gap problem I think you got somebody new coming in as Anakin which Let's just state the obvious. Hayden Christensen, not fantastic. Ah, oh, creepy stalker Anakin. He is creepy win. immediately <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Immediately. Just kind of, sorry, milady. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to watch you sleep. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that yeah. if we could have, to go back to what we said in episode one, if he would have been a teenager then, we wouldn't have needed a 10-year gap. And maybe we could have had a better actor, too. Because the people that were too old for episode one, they'd be around the right age for episode two. And, you know, like uh, Ryan Phillippe, for instance, was one of the people that they were interested in doing. He would have been much better. And Christensen's one of the downsides. <laughs> yeah, I think they should have had a younger, different actor. Well, the thing is, he's, in my opinion, not very charismatic. Mm-mm. He should have still been. You know, was he. It, I don't was it this episode that he talked about sand? Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. as bad as an actor as he can be in there, he's not given much to to work with. That sand dialogue is terrible. Oh, I don't like sand. It's coarse. It gets everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> I do think it's funny, though, that people have gone back and they've been like, they've kind of added more weight to that and said, well, of course Obi-Wan would go to Tatooine. Darth Vader doesn't ever want to go back to Tatooine. It's got sand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shit, all right, you're kind of making this make sense a little bit, you know? <laughs> But the dialogue's terrible. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the, the All whole the so-called scene. romantic lines and, oh, yeah, that's God, the Oh, God, yeah. I mean, the, I truly, deeply love you where they've, like, just kind of hung out a couple of times and stuff. And she says, I'm dying a little each day since you've been back to my life. So cliche and... Uh, and, the, and the talk about the first kiss, oh, fuck off. It's haunting me in my dreams and all this. <laughs> Give me a break. Just... 
just go hang yourself. It's pretty bad when the pear scene is better, where he cuts up the pear and gives it to her. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't think the relationship should have been that strong then. It's yeah, it pretty did seem, yeah, yeah, it seemed like it was propelled they forward way too fast. To but 10-year-old Anakin had game, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you an angel? Do you like sand? <laughs> well, at least he was likable. Jake Lloyd was likable. Yes. Aiden Christensen isn't likable at all, in my opinion. I don't know. I didn't like that little shit. <laughs> Screw him. There is actually, it's one scene, though, that I'll give them credit for. And it's it's not so much on the love story side of things. It's that part of the movie. But one cool moment that I really like that I don't think many people would ever even remember, let alone, like, bring up as a good point is uh, when Padme wakes up and she sees that Anakin is just meditating in the morning. I like that part. That was a cool little moment that showed, like, an extra little bit of that Jedi side. Like, that they do this all the time. I like that. So kudos to Attack of the Clones for pulling out something very, like, reserved in this shit storm of everything beating <laughs> you over the head. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I agree. There's another line that I really like when they're doing the love story side of things. They're, it's in one of the worst parts of the movie, and I'm just going to say it out here. It's one of my potential least favorite scenes when they're tumbling around in the grass. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Really ridiculous. But they start talking about the idea that, like, diplomacy, whether it works or not, and uh, Anakin says, you know, well – people should sit around a table and they should all agree on stuff. And if they they don't agree, well, then they should be made to. And she's like, well, that sounds more like a dictatorship. And he's like, well, if it works. That was a good little, like... Yeah, I did like that kind of uh, foreshadowing line there. What happened before it, sure enough. You think so? Uh, Rolling around in the grass. Ah, well, (laughs) I thought you meant like it should have happened in episode three. Mm -hmm. Okay, no. Well, no, they should have cut out the rolling around in the grass thing and, and just did that line. They should have come up with something different. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things. That's actually something that you can kind of attribute to most of the movie is they should have thought of something different. Yeah. <laughs> like the slugs in that opening thing. That's how they're going to try to kill Padme with these little slug things. Yeah. Oh, you mean the, you mean the shit monsters? Yeah. <laughs> the little worms why, that go why, through why, the window. Why do, they, why do they just shoot her with a laser, right? Yeah, like, that uh, bounty hunter, I can't think of her name, Zam something or other. Zam Wessel. She's got, like, this rifle. She could just shoot Padme. Yep. Or at least equip the robot with some fucking lasers. Right. I mean, she'd be dead then, instantly, and then we would never have had the build-up to three, and then Vader would never have happened, and then, yeah, everything would have been tied up in a nice little package. (laughs) I understand why they didn't you know, they wanted something that they, they wanted her to die very subtly. In, uh, yeah, that's why they blew up that ship at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dorme. Or is it Dorme? Is that the one that dies? I forget it? which one. No, if it happened in her bedroom, they didn't want it to be obvious yeah. how she died. And they wanted it to be quiet. They just wanted creepy Anakin to go into a bedroom. Okay. Yeah, he sent he senses the worms there. So he comes in, you know, swinging yeah. lightsaber and chops them in half. And come on. Come on. I bet he was swinging something else when he was watching. Oh. <laughs> He's like, oh, I sense oh, it. She's taking her top off. <laughs> and he just uh, stares through the window, you know, because he's creepy as hell in this movie. 
Uh, uh, I, the amount of creepy stairs, dude. You can have a drinking game with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either a creepy stair or a creepy line. Like the there's there's the line. He doesn't ever blink when he's sta- when he's looking at Padme either. It's weird. <laughs> it's like blink, dude. It's all right to blink. She may be fit. Well, see, dude. he's part Ewok. He doesn't blink until they go back and change it. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, though, the weird scene with the uh, the slug stuff, but it leads to a cool chase scene. And Anakin's got a cool little bit in that where he's acting a little careless and showing off that he's, like, kind of a jerk. And uh, Well, he has to. He was a great pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he jumps off the side of it, and, yeah. you know, Obi-Wan's just kind of like, ah, oh, shit, dude, stop doing this. I don't like flying. Bad part about it, though, when they get shocked and he's sitting there going, and all that, like, unnecessary. It's not funny. Didn't like that. But that leads to a great line, at the very least, in the uh, the little nightclub that they've got. Why do I get the feeling you'll be line, the yeah. death of me? Yeah, that's. I'm not a fan of that line, as I was saying in the previous uh, episode we were doing here. Uh, I mean, I get it, obviously, but I just thought it was one of those just... It was like... Almost fourth, it was fourth wall breaking to me. It's like it's like they're going to the audience, you know, like, hey, get it, get it, guys, because he kills him, get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fully admit, I loved that when I first saw it. I thought that was fantastic. I do like the death sticks line though. That's great. You just you want to go home and rethink your life. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Cool little parts in that. Uh, they got a bunch of cameos that people might not be aware of. Ahmed Best, who was Jar Jar, is in that. So is mm-hmm. Anthony Daniels, who's C-3PO. George Lucas's daughter again shows up. She's the one that does the creepy stare to Anakin, which is like, you know, kind of um, payback, I guess, for all of his creepy stares. But that's a cool thing. We got Django Fett is in this movie. We mentioned before. That's a, an interesting idea, I think. The clone army being based off of him as a source material. I like that. Yeah, I like the introduction to Django Fett, you know, learning a little bit more background about Boba Fett there. And that whole that's that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is where Obi-Wan travels to Kamino. You know, he takes the the one Kamino dart and he, you know, finds out where that is and goes and travel and meets with the cloners. And just, you know, the the first introduction, you know, when he when he meets Django and he's like, oh, you ever make it as far as, you know, and he's like, yeah, occasionally he's like recently. And so kind of, you know, the play between them, I really like that. And, you know, they, they each knew the, each other was onto him. But then when he finally comes out on the bay and he has his helmet on and he's loading onto Slave One. And I just thought, love the whole Camino scene. I thought that part was great. That fight is awesome. And it shows that Kenobi's a badass. Because mm-hmm. he loses the lightsaber and he still ends up basically winning that fight. Yep. One but, of my favorite it, things about the movie is the way the the visual of the world and the cloner aliens and oh mm-hmm. how they're kind of like grays yeah like the sort of i long loved way. how they looked and as soon as i found one of their toys i bought it oh yeah i like those those are great it explains why they're all a bad shot right yeah because i mean they kind of like they're like watered down versions of a bounty hunter instead of somebody who's actually like good but he misses a lot of shots in this too i mean he misses that, that one shot where uh, Obi-Wan kicks him. And it's just like, like really, dude? You missed that shot? Mm-hmm. And then he forgets that his uh, jetpack doesn't work at the end where Mace Windu is able to just chop his head off. <laughs> and then the chase afterwards when, you know, with Slave 1 dropping those... Seismic uh, charges. What they're called. Yeah, exactly. 
And just in especially seeing that part in the theater is great with the huge sound because it's like dead silence and wow, that is so awesome. Oh, that was that. so powerful. I loved it. Did you guys know that apparently in that asteroid field at one point one of them is a potato? I heard that. I re- <laughs> well, I thought I... that was in the in one of the original trilogy films. Was it? No, in the that was. Um, you're thinking of the Millennium Falcon was an asteroid. Yeah, there was a potato in here also. I think there is. Okay. They might have just made that like a regular thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I just like the idea that there's potatoes hanging out in space. <laughs> like some giant potato. Yeah. Heading I to that Irish planet. That. <laughs> but I, I remember hearing that there was a potato. <laughs> so here's a question for you guys. Why is Jar Jar in the Senate? Uh yeah. Well, because he basically took over for Padme, right? Yeah, but like, why would anybody ever trust him? I they that wanted is, to save the character because he was just so damn heroic in Episode One that you know. But at least his role was significantly diminished here. Mm. You know, they basically they needed a patsy. They need somebody to make stupid decisions in the Senate. So, oh sure, we'll you know vote emergency powers, and you know we know we all know where that led to. So somebody needed to make a poor decision, and why not make it Jar Jar? Because I mean, Jar Jar is would... the Sith Lord. I mean, <laughs> I don't buy into <laughs> that. That would have been great. I don't. I don't think it was necessary to have him in there. But it's again one of those things where they have to tie everything together and unnecessary. He grew up. Mm, he should have just died. He should have been I... one of the casualties from the past ten years. They would have yeah. like, oh, poor Jar Jar. <laughs> he should have been on that spaceship which blew up on the first opening scene. Yeah, he should have been <laughs> the the handmaiden. <laughs> It's bugging but me I, that I can't remember if that's Dorme or not. Rose Byrne is the actress later on. She's not the one that dies, but one of them's Dorme. Either the one that dies or maybe it's her. I don't know. Uh, thoughts on the uh, the nightmares and the whole slaughtering the sand people, his mom's death, that kind of thing. Is it good motivation for Anakin turning to the dark side? I mean, I think it's, you know, it obviously shows that he's afraid of loss and that his fear is what's driving him more than anything. So I think that was a good good part to add to it. I I liked when he you know went back and uh, you know later on and you know slaughtered all the sand people and I thought that was cool. I like how but, he kills the the women and the children too because he's just so out of it. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn, dude, really? <laughs> They're jerks, but come on. So yeah, awesome. I I enjoyed it. It it showed how yeah you know, he can turn his mind off and how the fear took over. Yeah. He's very emotionally driven. Yeah. His emotions just flooded out. Um, The crying was a bit much. Really? Damn fucking either. Crying was a bit much. My God. (laughs) I killed him. (laughs) I killed them all. (laughs) Well, I didn't think the women, (laughs) the children, the animals, (laughs) It it shows that fuck me, dude. While while he's emotionally driven, he's still (laughs) conflicted about it. You know, he's Mm -hmm. he's in that transitional phase where he he knows what's yeah, he knows what's right and wrong, but he has trouble adhering to you know logic and and compassion, and he just kind of goes with fear and his strong emotion. He didn't cry when he killed the younglings. Well, oh no, at that point he was far too far gone. Yeah. Plus, you know. Come on, little kids. (laughs) 
at that point, if you're going to kill a little kid, you're a horrible person already. If you kill the sand people and stuff, then you're starting to get to the point where you're getting bad. Like, I, I think it's rationalized a little bit. Yeah, Anakin yeah. can slaughter little kids, but we can't have Han Solo shooting first. No. <laughs> uh... Well, he's a better guy, right? Sure. <laughs> what do you guys think about the big set piece at the end, Geonosis? We've got... You know, I, I would say highlights when it comes to, like, there's so many Jedi and that's going crazy and stuff. But at the same time, we got this little side thing with C-3PO doing some stupid jokes and whatever. And it leads us to Count Dooku, which is, like, there's some cool parts there. First time we saw somebody fight with two lightsabers, but for some reason he just stands there and gets his arm cut off. <laughs> um, obviously, one of the biggest things that people, when they went to see this movie, they wanted to go see it again, was the crowd went nuts when Yoda was about to fight, just, oh, shit, Yoda's going to fucking fight with a lightsaber. <laughs> just yeah, that, that was yeah. pretty sweet, finally yeah. seeing that. Yeah, that was really cool. He's a little weird, though, that thing and bouncing around like an idiot. But pretty cool, though, overall, though, I would have to say. Geonosis oh, is pretty fun. That. Yeah, yeah, I like that where they're, you know, chained to the pillars and then they have the creatures coming out there. And I like that whole part, you know. It was, it was you know, action-filled. And it was a lot of fun. What's your favorite out of the three animals? Let's see. We have the Reek, we have the Ackley, and we have the, what was the other one called? The Spider thing. Oh, that was the Ackley. Ackley, Ackley. Which one was the Reek? Was that the That was like the rhinoceros looking thing. Oh, that thing. Whatever the wolf thing was. Yeah. Oh, it has an X in it. Shit. Nexu or something like that. I don't remember. Hmm. Uh, Somebody, leave it in the comments below. (laughs) I think it was the Nexu. (laughs) Uh, of those, definitely the Ackley, the uh, good man, you know, spider praying mantis looking one. I thought he was the coolest. With the cool, yeah, shriek. I did too. Oh yeah. And since spiders are probably my least favorite animal, yeah, that was the one that got me. <laughs> yes, Reek Ackley and Nexu. Thank you, Google Nexu. Thank you, the people that left that in the comments before this part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Again, wrapping this all up, zero to ten, some favorite parts, some least favorite parts. Angie, I'm going to start with you this time. I'm going to say uh, 5.5. Anything that stands out that gives it that negative five, well, the negative 4.5. I'm going to say it's all based around Anakin and what they did with him. Hmm. Justified. Sean? A two. Two. <laughs> oh, oh, man. It Harsh. was fucking terrible. I hated the ending. I hated the, the end battle. I hated I hated Count Dooku's lightsaber. Why the fuck was it shaped like a walking stick? I have no idea. Because he needed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then you would think that with uh, Yoda. But Yoda threw his, like, his walking stick away and he started doing fucking front lips and shit. He was doing parkour. That was fucking stupid as fuck. Then you had... Um, Aiden Christensen, everybody knows my thoughts on him. I think he's a fucking stupid piece of shit. Uh, what else? What else? There's a lot of bad in this. You got the fact that C-3PO was put on a droid's body. That was fucking stupid. You got all the stuff with the clones. I didn't need to see that. That was a bit shit. A bit long-winded. That could have been a five-minute segment, but it went on for like 25 minutes to 30 minutes. There was no, There was no mention of Qui-Gon in this entire film, which was kind of shitty because he was the best part about episode one. He yells out to Anakin when he's killing the sand people. Remember, he's like, Anakin, 
Anakin. I I'll, I'll give it. I'll I'll give props to Natalie Portman in the white. There you go. <laughs> that, that that's why there's the two points. Kaylin, are you getting a higher score than that, or are you sticking around that kind of two range? Um, no, I I give it higher than a two here. Uh, you know, there were there was there was plenty of parts that I did like. Like I was saying, you know, the the whole part on Geonosis with you know the big attack with the, where they're chained up, and then the animals coming to get them, and then it just turns into an all-out brawl when the clones show up and everything. Um, as far as overall, I'd probably have to give it. I'm going to say about 5.5 or 6, you know, somewhere in the kind of that middle of the road range compared to all movies in general. It's not that bad, Sean. I've seen way worse movies, but, you know, definitely, in my opinion, the weakest of all the Star Wars movies released so far. I think if you combine this and Revenge of the Sith, you get an awesome movie. Oh, yeah. On its own, I got to stick around that five something range, too. And one of the main reasons why is my least favorite stuff about this movie, the stupid cheesy jokes again, you the C-3PO stuff, Dex's diner. Just like, what? We're going to have a diner and a, there's a robot named Flo. Come on, man. Yeah. You know? But they had some good stuff too. I loved the idea of Yoda instructing the younglings and showing off that he's still got that sense of humor. He jokes about, oh, Master Obi-Wan's lost a planet. How careless, you know, that kind of thing. And, showing the archives, more of the Jedi Temple, and mm -hmm. showing the Jedi full force just attacking Geonosis. Awesome. Uh, that's episode two for you guys. So we're going to continue on here. Part three, again, iTunes and Stitcher people, see you in a minute. For people on YouTube, click on part three. And if for some reason you're clicking on part two and you hadn't watched episode one, go back, check that one out, and then join us again in Revenge of the Sith. Welcome back. Part 3, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, came out 2005, the year I graduated from high school. So that was a great year, because we're getting the end of Star Wars, we're getting the end of uh, high school. Awesome stuff around that time. A little bit higher on the scale for this one on the Rotten Tomatoes. We got a 79 for the critics, and a 65 for audience. So you bump up 5 points, essentially. Nice. And I think that pretty much most people can agree Attack of the Clones went down in a lot of ways. Phantom Menace, of course, had gone down from the original trilogy, but Revenge of the Sith started to kind of move things a little bit back up, and that's why I'm not so, so worried about Force Awakens all that much. I think that they've learned their lessons by now. We had, like, for instance, Jar Jar is only in, like, one shot, and he just kind of goes, excuse me, or something like that. That's it. So, yay, no yay. Jar Jar. And instead of getting... Something like the Gungans all acting weird or whatever like that. We get the Wookiees. You know, they're ripping arms off and shit. But Revenge of the Sith, as far as uh, first impressions and stuff, how did you guys uh, kind of view this from before? How does it stand up over time? Sean, what do you think? I wasn't expecting you to go first for this. That's why I was <laughs> uh, I liked it. I, I really... Well, I... I really enjoyed certain parts of the films. Other certain parts of the film could have been totally taken out and I wouldn't have given a shit. Like the fact that General Grievous was in the film, he could have been taken out. What? Grievous is awesome. What? Yeah. Grievous didn't have to be in the The whole the whole Order sixty six. No. Pick a different number. Sixty six. 66. 66 is more threatening than like order 8. <laughs> that seems like something that would be on like the menu of Wendy's or whatever. I'll have an order 8, please. 
What do you reckon all those, um, the other orders were like? Order 65. Order 65 was like, I'll have a double cheeseburger and cheese. I think it's some of that blue 64, milk. Kill Jar Jar. Some of those pears from episode two. <laughs> <laughs> the the more love interest storyline, I didn't have to be in there and the dreams didn't have to be in there. But other than that, it was a good film. The pacing was pretty good on this film. Kaylin, agree? Disagree? What do you think? Oh, I agree. This was a huge step up from episode two. I liked General Grievous in the movie. I, I liked him. I liked the whole opening scene on, uh, what was it, Grievous's flagship with mm-hmm. Count Dooku, and then they're going there to to sort of uh, kill Dooku and and rescue Palpatine. And I, I just liked, liked that whole scene. Overall, the movie is probably my favorite of the prequel trilogy. It had, you know, Order 66. I thought that whole scene was great. You know, we saw Luke, or I'm sorry, not Luke, but we saw Anakin's descent even further. And, you know, in the end, obviously, it becomes Darth Vader, totally. And I think it's a very, very strong movie. Angie, your thoughts? Yeah, this one is definitely my favorite. And I love the villains. Oh, there are so many things I like about them. And what they do in the movies. Even Grievous, Sean. Yep. See, he's he's so shocked that. Uh... <laughs> what? I, I I kind of accidentally loaded up a YouTube video and I kind of missed that. What? <laughs> oh Jesus! The villains. I love uh, the villains. Uh, why? There was Every one good day. villain in it. There was only one good villain in it, and that was Anakin Skywalker right at the end. I will argue that Dooku sucks. He Why just... does he cut off his head? <laughs> Why not? It's not necessary. He cut off his arm, so he cuts off his head. Like, at least cut off his other arm. Like, you know, an arm for an arm. Like, an eye for an eye. Not an head for a for an arm. He was too dangerous to be kept alive. Mm-hmm. I will admit As Palpatine said. Yeah. Oh, Palpatine would just want Anakin Skywalker off himself. And... See, now you know, the way that... If General Grievous fucking shot him, right? Because he didn't have a fucking clue who he was. If the way that Dooku gets killed, I don't know if that's something that directly influenced this or not or whatever, but if he would have had that cross guard, wouldn't have happened. Because he gets <laughs> his hands cut off because of just the positioning, and that cross guard would have blocked that uh, from happening. So maybe uh, Kylo Ren's kind of learned the little problem about this. I liked him decapitating him, though. I thought that was a nice little, like... I don't know, like, it was unnecessary, which was cool about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I said I liked the villains. I didn't I didn't necessarily say I liked how they died. <laughs> That's true. Do you think that it's good that they kept him in here, though, or should they have killed Dooku in part two and just focus on Grievous? No, I don't think Grievous by himself was strong enough. Uh, I think you needed Dooku, because uh, that kind of plays into Palpatine, you know, as far as how he's manipulating Anakin. And if they would have had that in episode two, I, I would have thought it would have been moving too quickly. But even though they put this at the very beginning of the movie, basically, just seeing how much power that Palpatine has over influencing Anakin, I think, is great in telling the story. Yeah, it was it was great how quickly it happened in the movie. It was just a nice shock. It was just like, now kill him. Also, Shia LaBeouf stole um, Palpatine's just do it. Mm-hmm. 
Do well, it. Do the, it. The do it thing. That's going to bring up something. I want to go back to this opening thing, but I want to for, don't. I don't want to forget about going into this topic. So I'm just going to go right into it now. How awesome Palpatine was in one and two. I don't like him in episode three. It's he's so a, weird. Yeah, he's a little too cartoony and over the top mm. evil. You know, it's like kind of beats uh, you over the head with it. Like the the line that stands out to me. No, 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 you will die. And it's like, what, dude? Come on, man. <laughs> you could have. You know, you know who he reminds me of in this film? Is the villain from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> Judge Doom. Mm hmm. I think Doom's a little bit scarier than Palpatine. Palpatine's a joke in this one. And he looks. How does the special effects for his face look worse and the makeup not on par with what they did in Return of the Jedi. I know, yeah. Okay, I turned into Because he has plastic surgery in the later <laughs> ones that would make it less scarring. Was it scary for you, uh, Angie, when you were watching this? Is that what you no, mean? No, I just love, love them so much. Like, I turned into a little kid when I saw this movie. And I, at that time, I was, what, 17, 18, something like that, and I literally, when I'm watching that scene where he kills the Jedi and they, you know... He does that stupid bird face when he's attacking Mace Windu. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. The first thing I thought of was just like, oh, what the fuck? It's too easy to kill these Jedi. Mm -hmm. the, the council members and stuff. And I'm like, thinking to myself, the level of Jedi that should be easy to kill and shouldn't, whatever. I'm like, it took me out of it immediately. And then I'm laughing at the faces he's making and the, the you will die line and... Oh, God, that just it pissed me off. <laughs> that could have been <laughs> such a cool moment. And it's just funny. It's like, um, I think it's, it's either called funny aneurysm moment or norm. I can't remember which one it is. One of them's where something's funny and it shouldn't be. And the other one's when something uh, used to be funny, but then something happens and it's not funny anymore. Like if you make the Simpsons joke about, oh, they put all the jerks in Tower 1, and then 9-11 happens, and you're like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. um, but one, I think it's Narm is the thing that it's just like, you shouldn't be laughing at this. Lucas is just like, this is going to be so cool. He kills these Jedi, and then he, you know, he says, no, you will die. And nobody on the set laughed that day and said, dude, come on. <laughs> Takes me out of the movie. I don't know. I will say, though, there's one thing that kind of makes up for it a little bit. And it's a good showing of Palpatine, and that's that opera scene. Exactly. I was just going to bring that up. You were, you were talking about how Palpatine is annoying in this one, but I think that whole scene when they're, when he's there talking with Anakin and, you know, just kind of, you know, baiting him on, just luring him in about, oh, well, you're afraid to lose? Well, I can teach you how to cheat death. And, you mm -hmm. know, that manipulation there that they show, I think, it, you know, just strengthens the relationship between Palpatine and Anakin and you kind of see how he's lured in by, you know, he's following his emotions. He wants to protect the people that he loves and by any means necessary. So, you know. He basically explained how he gave birth to Anakin Skywalker. Well, I still think he did. Anakin Skywalker. That was just weird. I manipulated the Mericlorians to give life. I still think he didn't. Creepy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be creepy though, and that would uh what's cool about it? Yeah, that's the whole point. 
It's not creepy as in uh uh it's this creepy creepy. It's it's creepy as in you Well what's creepier? The way that he's talking in that or the way that Anakin's looking at Padme in episode two? Yeah. <laughs> no comparison. Oh. <laughs> it's about both. Like father, like son. Uh I wanna go back to that opening thing that we were talking about before. We had the extended shot at the Space battle, we had the, their badasses taking over that ship. We unfortunately had the little jokey droid voices the when they're getting killed and stuff. But R2-D2 showing off that he's the man, too, by blowing them up with the fucking oil. Yeah, that was cool. Oh. He's awesome. But I think that was an awesome action sequence to start off with. And even when it comes to them landing the ship was kind of cool because you get to see, like, the the Star Wars aver- uh, version of the fire department coming out to try to take the fire <laughs> out. Like, mm-hmm. I love that start to finish. I think that's a great way to start this movie. Just go right into the war, and then, you know, the war ends. But uh, strong action sequence, I would have to say. Agree, disagree? Anybody have any flaws they want to point out? You're talking about the whole opening sequence? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was very strong, you know. That's one of those things that sometimes I'll just put that on and just watch that first sequence and you know until they land. And that's that's a very strong sequence right there by itself. Cut it off right when he says another happy landing. Yeah, exactly. Why <laughs> oh, like, the fuck Annika Skywalker was wearing black? That's foreshadowing. Yeah, Literally Luke shadowing. Sky- Luke, Luke, Luke Skywalker wore black in the last one as well, didn't he? Yep. So it's all swings at roundabouts. Yeah, episode one, Anakin's wearing that tan kind of stuff. Episode two, he's got that brownish stuff. Episode three, he's got black. He looks better in black, you and Christensen. Mm. Yeah. Better with the scar, too. Yeah. And that the was long hair. Explained. How the fuck did you get the scar? That was against Duke, was it? Oh, no. Uh, I don't know if they explained that in anything. They didn't in the movies, at the very least, but it might be like the Clone Wars TV show. I never actually watched that whole thing. Well, to be fair, they never explained... General Grievous to me. That's why I was completely lost in the fucking character again. Didn't read the books. Didn't read much into it. I'm it just, just confused about oh, why here's, he's like here's General hacking. Grievous. Like that whole like coughing thing is a little bit weird. Well, that was yeah. supposed to be a parallel to the Darth Vader voice, I think. Yeah. But I do like Grievous though. I like that he's like they 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 started working on this idea of cyborgs. Mm-hmm. And he's I mean, come on, the four lightsaber thing. How cool is that? Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Like when he starts spinning them mm-hmm. in the circles and stuff. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's a shame Obi uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. I have to get that in the end. Didn't flinch when he was spinning them around, right? He just stood there. Well, that's because he's, he's Obi Wan. Yeah. He jumps I'm right sorry, into I'm the. Some nut was coming at me with four fucking lightsabers. Right, I'd, I'd I'd flinch a bit. I'd move back and then grab my lightsaber. But no, he just stands there like a boss, like. Like, he stood in front of a green screen and didn't know what the fuck was coming at him. Nah, it's because he's a badass. He jumps into the action and he goes, hello there. Just kind of like, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. You know? Cool little thing, too, with him killing him with the blaster and then just saying so uncivilized. I like that. That was nice. Yeah. Nod. Yeah, I thought that was a good touch. How annoying, though, is that beast that he's riding? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was kind of terrible. Much. That yelping. Ugh. That was like the Jar Jar of this. Like that, I was so happy when that thing got killed. <laughs> no. And when that stupid little thing died and you have to feel sorry for it, nobody fucking felt sorry for it. It was like, oh, well, now we get to get to the best part where Anakin turns fucking evil. 
Yeah, but at least they drown out the death yelps with that awesome score. Because Order 66 has great music to it. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy music in general, I love that. Like, that one shot where he's trying to debate with himself whether or not he's going to go save Palpatine from Mace Windu. Real, like, impending doom, you know, pivotal moment in the series where he can either turn to the dark side or not. And you just get this feeling of just, like, shit's going to go down. I loved that when I saw that the first time. still love it to this day. I think that holds up really well. I'm proud to share the last name with him. John Williams? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Skywalker. I'm like, wait, what? Skywalker? <laughs> <laughs> no, John. <laughs> so I'm going to pose a question here. Should Anakin have been a master on the council, or is uh, the Jedi Council justified? Who's right here? What do you think, Sean? I think Anakin was treated poorly ever since he walked in through the fucking building. Alright, if Yoda opened his open arms and went, come here, my little ten-year-old boy. You know? <laughs> but no. That it was like... Out creeped oh, the other stuff. Get the fuck out. You're not the fucking chosen one. You got a stupid fucking haircut. Get out. And he was made to feel like an outcast. So, in theory, Anakin had a point when they said that the Jedi were holding him back. The Jedi just didn't like him. Mace Windu clearly didn't. That's because Mace Windu was a racist. (laughs) No, I think, you know, because the rest of the Jedi kind of knew that there was something off about Anakin, whether or not they knew the full extent of it. And so not promoting him to Jedi Master, I think, makes sense. Also, you know, if they would have, then he wouldn't have, you know, doubted his faith in the Jedi as much, and he wouldn't have been as, as eager or ready to you know, sort of turn against the Jedi and inside with Palpatine. So story-wise, it makes sense to me. Yeah, story, story-wise, story I understand why it happened. What did they grant him, like, semi-master or some shit like that, wasn't it? Like, he, could, he was allowed to sit on the fucking Jedi talks, but... Yeah, he was he allowed to sit, master. But he, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's on the council, but he's not a master, and then he's... What a stop in the that. face. <laughs> to be fair, though, to be fair, Anakin was a whiny little bitch. Mm-hmm. He so I could, I could much. see why you wouldn't want a whiny little bitch in your cool club, like <laughs> you know, Miguel. Oh. <laughs> oh, see, I think some of the choices could have been a little bit better. Like maybe Anakin. I mean, I think he's justified in being like, "What? That's an insult." Uh, that's an insult. I don't know why I pronounced it that way. Uh, that's an insult, you know, and never, it's never happened in the history of the council kind of thing or whatever like that, but I would have appreciated maybe some quick shot of him just, like, looking at Windu, like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, dude. <laughs> that would have been a good little, you know, you're dead, you son of a bitch, I'm gonna be number two on the council in no time, because there's gonna be an open spot, you bastard. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think they could have done some things a lot better, um, but they had the right idea, at least, for a lot yeah. of these things. Like, the end fights here, we had Yoda versus Palpatine in the Senate, which was cool, you know, chucking the Senate seats and everything. That was very cool. But it it bugs me that he loses the fight and he goes, into exile, I must go. Dude, you got shit to do. You Mm -hmm. lost one fight. Yeah, that was a little strange. Like, Obi-Wan, he takes care of Anakin, essentially, and he just goes right into, like, well, now we gotta deal with Padme, we gotta do this, like... Obi-Wan gets his stuff done. Yoda is a coward. 
That's yeah, I did think it was weird that he kind of exiled himself after that. Mm. I think he gets saved by Bail Organa. It's just kind of like, so you know any good, like, swamp planets? <laughs> he needed yeah, I... to buy himself a tree to live in. Sorry. He was looking for real <laughs> estate, right? And he was like, ooh, this Digabest system looks pretty pretty inhabitable. So let's go live there. Fuck all I... this shit. I, need a I always thought that he just got flooded with what was going to happen in the future and knew he had a, had to protect himself. Uh, like he had like a vision kind of? Yeah. Alright, I'll justify it that way. Sure, why I, not. That's just something I made up in my mind to try and explain what happened. That'll be, the the term for that's headcanon, where it's like you make it up and it, feel, it makes sense and stuff. I'll, I'll take that as headcanon for myself from now on too. Yeah, he just <laughs> knew he didn't stand a chance where he I, was. So. I yeah. just think he was just clinically depressed. Aww. He just needed to get away from it all. He was <laughs> he was washed over with grief because Anakin killed all the younglings. He's like, I miss Mace. <laughs> yeah. So Mace he went to Dagobah, died, started know, listening to Linkin Park. Yeah. <laughs> His life partner died, you know? It's all in a bit the sad. End, it doesn't really matter. And now you got flagged for copyright. <laughs> if I did, I'll be pissed. <laughs> so, uh, the big end fight, of course, Sean mentioned it before, one of the highlights of the movie, Anakin versus Obi-Wan. Thoughts on that? Is it too choreographed, or is it just too awesome? It's awesome. I mean, especially where it was on Mustafar with, you know, the you got the lava everywhere, and you just how they play with the shadow and the light during that whole scene. Fantastic. I mean... I don't think they really could have improved on that end scene or, you know, the, the lightsaber battle portion of it very much. Uh, as far as the lightsaber battles go, that is up there. You know, we were talking before about the, the Darth Maul one at the end of episode one. And I think those two are the highlights of, of the prequels. I mean, as far as lightsaber battles go. See, I've got a bone to pick about this fight. They end it with Obi-Wan saying, it's over. I've got the high ground. Darth Maul had the high ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but Obi-Wan learned from that experience, you see. Whereas, where he did a flip over Darth Maul, Darth Maul didn't swing his lightsaber. Whereas, when Anakin did the flip, he was like, fuck this, I've seen this before. Deja vu, I'm just going to swing. <laughs> but I think I think what that was saying was that they know each other so well. They know their strengths and weaknesses. You know, They know their... Their counter or not counterpoints, but their you know counteractions. So basically, it boils down to whoever had the high ground was was victorious. So like that's they know it, Vader's weak point. Well, yeah, I, I guess you know, or whichever one would have had the high ground would have would have been come out on top, you know, figuratively and literally. But it's I, I just thought that part just showed how much they know each other. And their strengths and weaknesses. Don't try it, Anakin. Oh, that's fucking great, man. And then you got the whole speech, you know, the one where he was like, You were the chosen one. It was said you would destroy the Sith, not join them. Bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. (laughs) It's like the best thing ever. It's great. And he called him his brother, you know. Some of those lines are so terrible, though. The, uh,. From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, man. The Nobody Johnson on the set wanted to rewrite that line that day. Nah, fuck that. Or Obi-Wan saying only the Sith deal in absolutes. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute. Jerk. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
the fact that he was fighting for democracy. Yeah, democracy. Uh, and the way Ura McGregor says, your new empire. <laughs> and I'm going to skip ahead to my least favorite thing about this whole movie and just say this line right now. No, it's because I'm so in love with you. Oh, I thought you were going to uh. just um, Duel of Fates down. I was about to slap you. <laughs> no, Duel of Fates is awesome. Duel of Fates is a fucking the best score in any Star Wars film ever. No, but that scene with Padme and Anakin where he's saying, you're beautiful, and she's like, that's just because I'm in love. And he's like, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. It's like, yeah. is this written by a 10-year-old? <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that. I will argue, though, the nightmare stuff is very good when it comes to, like, he already went through this with uh, his mom. Mm-hmm. Now he's doing it through Padme, so he knows that she's going to die. And that's a good motivator, I think. Do you reckon Palpatine made those dreams, though? No, I think it's no. just Anakin being God. Because <laughs> 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 you know, is essentially what he is, right? Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up a little bit here. Uh, final thoughts on it comes to Revenge of the Sith. What's your 0 to 10 and anything else you want to throw out there, Sean? I give this an 8. Only because of Duel of Fates and the final fight scene, which is fucking amazing. And the fact when they lose their lightsabers, the fighting still continues with Anakin doing a dropkick. That was pretty pretty boss. Though, the fight with um, the Chancellor and... Uh, Yoda, that could have been skipped. So when I watched that fight on YouTube, I just watched the whole Anakin and Obi-Wan fight. I don't watch the Chancellor shit. And like I said, the whole stuff with uh, General Grievous could have been skipped. And uh, Mice Windu dying, that was pretty pretty fucked up. And the way Count Dooku died, that was pretty fucked up. You can see his head roll, which is (laughs) pretty (laughs) fucked up. I got a little chuckle out of me when I was watching it. Yeah. And the Chancellor was extremely lucky because... If his plan didn't work out, then he would have been dead, and then none of this shit would have happened. So the way it all worked out for him in the end was pretty pretty subpar. Like, and the fact that the end scene was the the construction of the Death Star, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Which kind of brings into the question, though, if they were like already in construction, then how do they make it so fast mm-hmm. from Empire to the Jedi? They they don't hire contractors. <laughs> No independent contractors from clerks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my bad points to this film was the whole CGI animals. The Wookiees? Uh, not the Wookiees, the fucking thing that Obi-Wan was riding. That was fucking oh, that thing. I was going to say, if you don't like the Wookiees, come on, man. And, uh, Wookiees. and Order 66 was pretty... pretty. Uh, I don't know. I like I like the fact that clones turned evil, but I would like to have seen something better than just execute Order sixty six. Like that was implanted in the brains or some shit. That was weird. And uh, again, the whole Chancellor fight with Yoda that could have been fucking scrapped. I don't. I, I wasn't a fan. Hmm. Caitlin, what do you think? I loved how we saw the Senate dismantled and then literally broken apart you know, during that fight. <laughs> So, you know, it was figurative and literal. I thought that was cool. And then, you know, that led to Order 66. And I like that whole scene. Just how basically a, a switch is flipped. And you see everything just change. And just everything starts crumbling down for the Jedi. And, you know, leading up to the big lightsaber battle, which we already discussed between Obi-Wan and Anakin. 
overall, I would have to say this one I'd probably give a 7.5. I thought it was a, a very strong movie. I enjoyed it very much. Angie? I am going to give this one an 8. I loved the music, the battles. Uh, and... Yeah, definitely, you know, things like Order 66 and the clones, what they did with them. My least favorite, again, was a lot of the writing, the, uh, I'm not sure. There's just like little tiny things like every now and then that would pop up that would take me out of the movie. Like that, I'm so in love with you scene. <laughs> yeah, things like that. Just like one-liners. Hmm. Before you go to you, Tony, I just have to say one thing that I forgot to mention. I, I was talking about things that I liked, but I didn't mention the one big thing that I dislike, and it takes me out of the movie every time I see it. It's the the parallel there with the Frankenstein's monster with Vader on the table. And he goes, mm. no, you killed her. No! Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like, come on. I really? forgot about that. I didn't Do not want. I, I also, also want to bring that up as well. Uh, the fact that in episode uh, four, uh, he finds out that Luke is his son. Like, when you put two and two together and go, hang on a minute. You told me part of me was dead. And yeah, here's my son. You know? <laughs> it's like dude if you kill part of me you wouldn't know about your son like come on hmm. see I love the idea that they did the birth scene and the kind of rebirth into Darth Vader thing mm -hmm. that parallel was cool but that no ruins it it could have just been an ah kind of thing where he didn't need to do anything you know it could have just they, you leave that line out with where's Padme, is she okay? He could have just known that she was dead and it yeah. would have been implied. You know, kind of like at the end of, of Return of the Jedi where they added the no. You know, I think in mm -hmm. this instance, in episode three, silence would have been more powerful. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. the fact that he could have went, oh, where's Padme? And then he went, oh, you killed her. And he would have went, ah, oh, well, then what? <laughs> he could have, he was just, just like, ah, oh, like man. Like, Good riddance. It's like, uh, I banged her. Who gives a fuck? He's like, ah, shit. All right. What do you want to do, Palpatine? Take over the world. Do you want to blow up Alderaan now? Yeah, let's just we'll blow up Alderaan. He's like, no, I'll get around to it in a couple of years. I got to give it around that seven, eight range. I love the, a lot of parts about this movie. I mentioned before, some of the issues bug me. But I will mention a positive when it comes to dialogue. I think this has one of the best lines out of all six Star Wars movies, and that's from Padme, who also has that whole, no, it's because I'm so in love with you scene or whatever, but she has a great, great line. And I don't know why Lucas could write a line like this, but that he couldn't write better shit when it comes to, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. It's, so this is how Liberty dies, with thunderous applause. Mm -hmm. oh, great yeah. line. Like, whoever wrote that line, write the rest of the damn movie, <laughs> I know it just bugs the hell out of me. It's but so as far well, one thing that people got on about the prequels in general was that they were too political, you know, too much stuff with the Senate. But I disagree. I I like all that. I think it was necessary, and I think it's interesting too. You know, I'm I'm the kind of person where you know, like for example, if we're talking about Star Trek, 
Deep Space Nine is my favorite. And I think that's overall the most political one. You know, I don't mind the sort of, you know, psychological elements behind it. You know, the the character development, you know, and I don't get me wrong. I love action, too, but I love seeing kind of the slow build also. Mm-hmm. So I thought the political stuff was fine. I didn't think it was heavy handed. We're going to have to see how much political stuff they put in Force Awakens because you never know. Could have like everything with Leia is in like a Senate scene or something like that. But that'll round us out for the prequels. So for the people that could not get through those or whatever, we understand it. But we got the original trilogy coming up. So you can breathe a sigh of relief. (laughs) Episode four is coming up next. Click on that part on YouTube. Go back and check out the prequels if you didn't check them out anyway, because I'm sure we're going to be referencing some jokes and stuff that, you know, you might not get it a little bit later on or whatever. But nonetheless, A New Hope is coming up next. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. We are on the original trilogy now, A New Hope, Episode 4. It came out in 1977. We're going back in time now, and we're going up as far as the scale goes with the tomato meter. 94% for the critics, 96 for the audience. So this is when we're not getting in that 60, 50 sort of range or something like that. We're getting into, like, the legit good movies, I guess you could say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Most people would say this one and the next one are the two best, and it's kind of hard to argue against it. But this is one of those movies that just forever changed cinema. And we're not going to break down as much of, like, the specific things because most people remember a lot of this. So we don't really need to remind you, like, I don't know, that uh, C-3PO exists. Okay, everybody knows 3PO. This is where it all started and stuff. So we're going to kind of just keep this a little bit general and just sort of bounce around what, what we've thought over the years and how much... Star Wars has kind of influenced a lot of things and different stuff like that. But what was the first time you ever saw Star Wars, essentially? And I would assume that it would be this one, but if it's not, then kind of elaborate on that a little bit too. But uh, first impression of Star Wars in general, Angie? I was probably an infant the first time I was in front of it. My mom is obsessed with Star Wars and... I don't know when they started showing it on TV a lot, but just about every time my mom found it, we were watching it. And I was, I really loved it, but there are a lot of scenes that scared me. Any in particular? Um, like the trash compactor scene? Or... Oh yeah, that one was probably the one that scared me the most. Or, like, um, when I was really little, I didn't always understand everything. Like, in the hologram with Princess Leia, Mm -hmm. I didn't really know, like, why that was happening. Or, you know, it was the political stuff I didn't understand. But Mm -hmm. I loved so much of it. And the aliens, again, and the droids. Um. The cantina. Yeah, the cantina is so weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... I still uh, don't understand the cantina. (laughs) (laughs) What's up with that devil-looking thing? I like the devil one. Yeah. I like the werewolf one, too, that they got rid of. Oh, the hell with the werewolf. So (laughs) sad. I don't like the ones that look like they went to a costume uh, shop and just... You know, I like the the players in the band and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, they're kind of cool or whatever. 
I like the octopus dude that just gets the shitty end of the stick and gets his arm cut off. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. Oh, only, I, only time I we really see blood. I love the spaceships. Oh, yeah, the ships Ooh. are good. Yeah, Millennium Falcon, of course. First oh, time yeah. we really oh, see it. Oh, of course. You know, hard to argue against that being one of the best ships out there. It's not my favorite, I'll say that. That's probably Vader's ship from um, Empire. TIE Fighter? Or... I do like the TIE Fighter stuff. The TIE Fighters in general are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. TIE Interceptor is the coolest, though. It's got the points yeah. to it. That one's badass. But I don't know. See, I don't like that side of Star Wars as much. I like the Jedi. The blaster stuff or whatever, that's why I couldn't get into Star Trek as much. And the new movies I like for the Star Trek ones because they're like a little bit more action-y. I don't see what's so great about like... I don't know, like, I, I don't want to say, like, that, you know, it's, like, bad or anything like that, because it's not, but, like, it doesn't captivate me to think that they're on another planet and there's alien life. I'm interested in aliens, I watch ancient aliens, I laugh my ass off every time David Childress is on screen, or Giorgio Sukulos, but just the idea, like, I couldn't get into Star Wars until I started to understand the Jedi stuff more. I would watch, originally, you know, A New Hope and whatever, and it was just sort of like uh, spaceships and, you know, pew, 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 guns and stuff. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> not my thing. But then when I got into the lightsabers and I got into, you know, Darth Vader and Luke fighting each other in Empire, then it was just kind of like, this is pretty friggin' cool. And then, of course, that's one of the reasons why I like the prequels, because that's full-blown Jedi. So mm. that's something I'm worried about with The Force Awakens. I don't want this to be the beginning of a new hope throughout the whole movie. I think it's a little too slow of a start. Especially with the long ship, you're underneath the Star Destroyer. And... Well, not necessarily the very beginning of that. <laughs> no, I think that the beginning of this movie is, it's boring. You know, you yeah, got the droids. Yeah. And... What? I can see why you would think that. So weird. Don't agree with it, but I can see why some people would think that. The beginning is the best part. I, mean, I don't mean the, the opening Vader. the opening scene. I mean the stuff with the droids on Tatooine. Oh yeah. god, yeah, that shit is that mm-hmm. shit is weird along. Yeah, I mean, it takes forever for the movie to start. Yeah. Sort of. That is yeah. that is true. <laughs> but I really like the androids. Except but for yeah, it does go on for a while. Why didn't they ever shoot the fucking pod? If they if they shot the pod, none of this would have happened. Darth Vader would have won. I know they're like, oh, there's no life signs aboard, but you know what? <laughs> the plans get, plans don't need life, you know. So it, obviously, I don't know. Yeah, it would have made sense. And the other thing is, the other thing is, when when it malfunctioned, it was like, oh, there's another pod. It's like, well, what did you do with the first pod? Did you shoot that pod down? Why didn't you shoot this pod down? <laughs> you think they learned from their mistake and shoot all the pods ever since? Yeah, it would have only taken two seconds. Yeah, I mean, it only took two seconds to blow up all of them. Oh, too soon. Caleb, what's your first thing? How did you get into Star Wars? Was it A New Hope? Well, I was I was born about two weeks before A New Hope came out, so I was a little too young to remember going to see this one in the theater. But I grew up with all the the Star Wars stuff. You know, I had you know tons of books and toy. You know, I had all the original action figures and. You know, so so growing up with the books and toys and records and things like that, that's kind of how I got to know it. I think I actually saw 
Empire Strikes Back before I saw the first uh, New Hope. But, you know, going back and seeing it, man, it really, I don't know, it's so iconic. You know, there's just so many parts. It's just part of our culture now. I mean, like you said, we're, we're introduced to all the wonderful ships. We're introduced to, you know, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Episode four is just so strong in so many ways. Uh, I love, you know, everything going on board, uh, the, you know, the, the Death Star. We have, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin's a great character. Mm. We have introduction to Han Solo and Chewbacca. Um, just just so much going on in it. You know, it's it's a great movie. I do like how it opened up with the droids. You know, we have, you know, they're, they're aboard the ship and it's being attacked. And we have C-3PO and R2-D2. And they're like our first go-to. You know, that's that's how we're introduced to the universe is is there. They have the first line. You know, C-3PO has the first line of the, the whole series. So I thought it was a great introduction overall. And, you know, the movie, like like you said, there's certain parts that are kind of slow, but I can't really fault it for that because every part seemed to serve a purpose. So I, I'm very, very, uh, very much a fan of this movie. I, I rate it very highly. Sean, how did you get into Star Wars? Uh, I got into Star Wars one day when I was ill from school with the chicken pox. Oh. And we had we had a big library of VHS tapes. At the beginning of the line was the children's films and towards the end were the adult films. And I was so ill and dying of these chicken pox. My dad was like, you know what, Sean? You can pick any number from 50 to 72 for the VHS collection. And I picked 51, which was Star Wars A New Hope and Star Wars Return of the Jedi and Revenge. Was 50 Debbie Does Dallas or something? I, 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 don't, I think 50 was um, I think 50 was the Rocky films. Hmm. And uh, I wanted to watch Star Wars because uh, I was really into space when I was like 6, 7 years old. So I was like, oh, I want to watch I want to watch something in space. And I was never a fan of Star Trek because my dad used to watch the Star Trek shows on a, on, on a Sunday. And I found Star Trek a bit boring. So we watched Star Wars together. And that was a thing. And then my dad bought me a lightsaber, which was pretty cool until I swung it and I hit my sister in the eye with it. <laughs> so, that, so, that was, so that was taken away from me. But yeah, um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a thing. Um, I liked um, I liked the X-Wing. The X-Wing is today my still my favorite ship in sci-fi film. And that was the main reason why I bought Battlefront was to fly an X-Wing. So, Star Wars has influenced, I mean, so much. It's changed the way that movies work, literally, with CGI. It's changed the contracts. George Lucas was able to make so, so much money off of being able to take the merchandising rights for things. That's changed merchandising uh, in general to an insane amount. But it's changed uh, storytelling, too. I mean, this is the classic hero's journey. You got... Every element from start to finish, you know, the call to action, uh, refusal of the call, just it, it's a writer's dream to break down Star Wars, even though some parts are a little bit, you know, it stretches out and stuff like that or whatever. But structurally, I got to say, this is the best out of all of the movies. It's the one that if you watch just this one, it holds up from start to finish with like no real... You know, you you hear lines that they don't make much sense, but that's just 
something to build the lore. Like, Obi-Wan's talking to Luke, and it's, you know, you fought in the Clone Wars? The hell are the Clone Wars? Oh, it's just something that happened before. Just the same as if somebody in, like, a, I don't know, World War II movie said, you know, well, my daddy fought in World War One. Well, you don't need to start going, well, what was World War One? You know, like, you don't need to yeah. start doing that. But I, I gotta say, like, there's more attention to detail and there's more um, just overall, like, good craft when it comes to A New Hope more than any of the others, I gotta say. Well, this one more than any other is the best standalone film, as well it should be, because this was the introduction. Right. So as far as one compact story from beginning to end and, you know, having a complete story arc, this one definitely stands above the rest as far as being a complete story. So just toss out some ideas here, uh, some different topics. What are some of the things you guys really like about it? Any, like, favorite things, you know, you really love, say, Han's, like, your favorite character or it's awesome to hear lines now that you go back and it's like, he has too much of his father in him. And that's not what I'm afraid of. And you're like, oh, I get it now. Or like, you know, anything that really like stands out to you guys is something really cool. I'd I'd say the Death Star. Just it really stands out to me how completely menacing and intimidating and overpowered this thing is. Yet they were able to overcome it. Uh, I I love the Death Star. It's such a cool idea. Mm-hmm. You know, a planet that blows up other planets, essentially. <laughs> I mean, talk yes. about weapons. I mean, holy crap. That's why I'm worried that they don't know where else to go. Like, they did the Death Star again, and now in The Force Awakens, we're going to get, like, another Death Star. It's just like, well, kind of, I don't know. Jumped the gun a little bit too quick, maybe. How do you know it's going to be a Death Star? How how do you not know it's going to be a Death Cube? <laughs> Who's to say it's going to be a shape of a moon? You know, death it, trapezoid. It, it could be like a Rubik's Cube, you know? That's one well, way of stopping it from blowing up, right? Well, if they start marketing Force Awakens as, like, the attack on the death rhombus, then I'm going to be a little bit concerned. <laughs> but but as for characters go, my favorite character was Luke Skywalker, because my surname was Walker, and I made, it made me feel like a boss. And then I was pretending to be related to Luke Skywalker. That was a thing. Sean Skywalker? <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Sean Skywalker was amazing, me. <laughs> I'll have you know he, he was using the force to push over plates when he didn't <laughs> want to eat his broccoli you know it was great my favorite characters were Han Solo and Chewbacca I still like Han Solo tons but just the, just the pair that duo you know they're they're like best buddies you know they kind of toe the line you know they're, they're in it for themselves basically they toe, they toe the line between you know good and evil just kind of mercenary smugglers and I just like that almost ambiguity, you know, because he's not so tied into good or evil. So I would say my favorite character overall is probably be Han Solo. See, I can see why people don't like Chewie. He's a little annoying. I like him, but after a while, it's sort of like, dude, shut up. (laughs) I always wondered why that was my mom's favorite character. (laughs) That annoyed the hell out of me. I still don't understand it to this day. But as far as looking most badass, you got to go with the classic stormtrooper. Yeah, it's a shame that they're not actually like good shots because they look awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The armor's cool. It doesn't do a damn thing, but it's cool. Especially when they bump the heads. Yeah. 
if you look at the old Ralph McQuarrie, if I'm remembering the name correctly, uh, the artwork that he did before the movie really like had started filming and stuff, originally the star uh, stormtroopers were going to use lightsabers. Hmm. That was just going to be like a standard weapon. So it's just kind of cool that like in The Force Awakens, we're getting a stormtrooper that knows how to use a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. A little twist uh, with that. I I'm glad they the didn't. What's that? I'm glad they didn't. Oh, yeah, because it makes it so much more cool. Like, yeah. uh, you know, only the Jedi use this. And thankfully, they don't call them laser swords like they were originally going to call mm -hmm. them. Lightsaber is such a cooler name. Oh, yeah. I got to say, though, there's something that bugs me about this movie after, like, the more time goes by, the more dated it looks. Well, and that's why we, they keep upgrading it. Well, we if if you didn't check out the podcast already, we did a whole discussion about whether or not they should do the special editions and stuff like that. But even just in general, like some parts of it just don't hold up as much anymore. Like I look back on A New Hope now, and I can pick out so many more flaws. And there's things that like the continuity's gotten weird. Like uh, Obi Wan says. You know, I don't seem to ever remember owning a droid. And he's true. He never owned R2. It was never his droid. But, like, I don't know. Some of it kind of bugs me. You no, can't do that. Was it R4 you owned? It was R4, right? I think it's R4. Yeah. R4. I love watching old movies. And you just... You can't pay attention to their age and what they look like in that... I mean, yeah, yeah there, there comes a certain level of, you know, suspension of disbelief. Mm -hmm. So things like, you know, lines like that, I don't really put much stock in. Because like you said, he didn't actually own R2. You're, you're not about disbelief, dude. They're fighting with laser swords. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, fair point. Yeah, but it's like, you look at the Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fight, and it sucks. Oh my god, well, yeah. That's because the two old-age pensioners, what do you want them to do, stop flipping? Yeah, Dooku and Yoda could do it. Well, that's that's Yoda, right? And Dooku is just, you know, he's, he's he was James Bond. But, you know... Obi-Wan is awesome, and Vader's God. <laughs> Vader's got robotic knees. He doesn't know how to jump. I always wondered if it was like that because of what they needed to do with the lightsabers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they, like, back then they didn't know how to rotoscope and stuff like that so it's like you just hold this and don't move all that much i mean yeah, i'm surprised exactly i thought that's why it was like that. i'm surprised that's something that hasn't been updated you know oh well the lightsaber battles in the original are not as intense as the new ones we're doing so let's go back and let's you know have all computer generated characters and do new lightsaber battles and completely replace those scenes if they could figure out a way to do that and make it look good i'd be all for it <laughs> But none of the CGI stuff looks good. No, they can't just do like a Michael Douglas Tron kind of thing or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Get Ewan McGregor. He could be Obi-Wan again. Come on. Refilm that. Make him actually fight. Yep. He's so much cooler. You know what was really disappointing? Is the amount of airtime Darth Vader actually got. He's only in the film for 12 minutes tall. Hmm. Yeah. It makes but him seem more menacing, impact, though. though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why I prefer... Uh, Empire. See, I'm disappointed more in the amount of time that Jawas got. They should mm -hmm. have been more on this film. Jawas are awesome. Hell with these droids. Give me Jawas as our little go-to people. Give me a Jedi Jawa. 
A Jedi Jawa. And you have a good Ewoks? Jawas are so much cooler than Ewoks. Jawas have clothes on. They have little hoods. They're like little Jedi already. <laughs> Ewoks wear some articles of clothing. <laughs> I don't see a Jawa ever hit himself in the head. There you go. <laughs> Plus they say Utini. They're cute little guys. Um, I want to point out one of my favorite lines of this whole film. That's the little part there with Han Solo and the, the intercom. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. That part's awesome. That was improv, right? I think so. He, I think he is right my favorite about it. character. It was a boring conversation anyway. <laughs> my, my favorite scene, though, in the entire film was where Luke is stood looking at the two moons. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Very powerful scene. The music is so good. I mean, this well, introduced... Luke's theme is amazing. This introduced the music, the you know the throne room music is so mm-hmm. good, and it's weird though to go back now and realize that there's no imperial march. You like you just kind of take it for granted that it's in there. But I guess I never up... realized that until just now. Yeah, really, that wasn't I... introduced until episode five. Yeah, Empire wow. is the first one that it's in. I didn't even realize. Wait, they, I thought they edited it in. Oh, they might have. I might have lost track. I think. Of that, I think. But... I think they've added it in. Hmm. Maybe hmm. when he first walks onto the bridge. I could be wrong. I don't know because I know they do the pa 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 kind of thing like that. They might have thrown a little bit in there though. They should. Good song. They should do. It's a good song. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we we can go and we can break down little bits here and there and stuff like that, but. We'll maybe save that for another time. So we're going to wrap this up here and just talk about some extra stuff that we need to throw out and our 0 to 10. Uh, Angie, what do you think? I I want to give it a 10. I'm, I'm going to give it a 9. This, this movie changed uh, theatrical history. And just, it was so amazing what it did and what it created. No arguments from my side. I'm actually going to give it a nine too. I think I can't quite give it a ten, but nine is it's admirable. <laughs> That's yeah, the very least I can exactly. say. Exactly. Sean, what do you think? Uh, I give her any. I'll give her any because it's not perfect, but there's some good parts. Like who will who would ever forget the scene when Obi Wan Kenobi told Luke Skywalker to turn off his computer. And told him to use the metachlorians. Good to <laughs> use the mitochondria in your blood. I mean the, the force. So you also gave episode three and eight, Sean. You would say mm-hmm. that 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 episode three and four are about the same. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Hmm. For different I, I, reasons. For different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, the action in Revenge of the Sith versus the good the, storytelling. The entire, the, yeah, yeah. The, the entire acting. To be fair, though, Mark Hamill on his acting debut was fucking on point. More more so than Adrian Christensen. (laughs) (laughs) Galen, what's your thoughts? Man, this changed everything. You know, I I can't go on enough about how this is so important in in the history of film. And as far as personally, I I love this movie. You know, it's it's not my favorite Star Wars. We're going to be getting to that one next. But 
I would say this is probably my second favorite Star Wars film. And I overall also give this one a 9. I can't give it a 10. I don't think I can give it a 9.5. It's not perfect, but it is very, very strong. So I say 9. Good scores all around. I'm pretty sure that everybody's going to agree with that. But if you don't, then leave your comments below and tell us why this isn't so fantastic. And we're going to continue on with Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. See you in Part 5. Welcome back, everybody. Part 5, Episode 5. Yeah, works out that way. The Empire Strikes Back, what many would consider to be the best out of all the Star Wars movies. And again, hard to argue against it. One of the best films of all time. One of the few examples of a sequel that can actually match or surpass its uh, pre uh, previous film. Godfather Part 2, Terminator 2, Dark Knight, Empire. They're kind of the four go-to ones for the most part. And uh, Empire, of course, made tons and tons of influences on the cinema in general and all that kind of stuff. We're going to break a lot of different things down. But again, starting this off, first impressions, first time you ever saw Empire. What do you think, Sean? Uh, again, this is when I had chicken pox. Um, I really enjoyed Empire because Empire... Is the best one because the villains actually win. And also, this is George Lucas. George Lucas has said this is the worst Star Wars film of all time. He said that? Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't know how to make a good Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Well, this is when he decided to kind of step back a little bit. We had Lawrence Kasdan and we had, um, uh, the name's escaping me. Who was the director? Crap. I'm going to have to look that up in the meantime. But we had somebody else kind of take the reins a little bit and I think that that's one of the reasons why this is actually so much better is because we don't have Irvin Kirshner there he is mm -hmm. um, we don't have some of those problems that George Lucas got into I mean the dialogue alone we were bitching about the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith dialogue in this one on point some of that's actually kind of improvised great line in the whole thing one of the most famous lines of the whole thing I love you I know <laughs> Han is awesome such a much better relationship much better than uh, Padme and Anakin yeah, yeah, least, yeah. No, no lines about sand it was more believable <laughs> no creepy stares although he does kind of force himself on her a little bit which is a little like huh. well to be fair she did kiss her own brother right yeah. Uh, <laughs> she she kind of snogged him in this one, right? There's no going back after the snog. All right. Let's address that point. Clearly, this proves right here, more than anything, that Lucas did not plan everything ahead of time. If he did, it's creepy. Like, incest? Really? I, I, I think George <laughs> Lucas is just a creepy dude in general. You know, we saw what he thought was romance in episode two. <laughs> He's like, no, you're not staring at her enough. <laughs> yeah. You need, to, you need to undress her with your eyes. Don't ever blink. He's like, no, Hayden, I'm not just buying it. Like, you need to you need to look at her like you love her, like like she's your sister or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be the, the worst thing that doesn't hold up over time, that kiss. And Luke's all proud about it afterwards. He's kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So weird. Uh, it's creepy. And, uh, and the thing is, Luke apparently knew all along. He felt it all well, along. Well, Leia says she knew all along. 
So it's like so basically, right? You knew as soon as you kissed him. It's like you know when girls give you the speech, "I like you, but I only like you with a brother." <laughs> that's where they. That's where this line spawned from. All right. Leia's just like you know, it's all right, Han. I I just I like Luke as a brother. I mean, I'll fuck him and everything, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Again, deleted scene. <laughs> you love him, don't you? Damn right I do. What are you guys up to in the past year? You don't want Episode to know. eight, the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, if that's the the relationship between Ray and Kylo Ren, <laughs> they're like, well, we love the idea of. Star-crossed lovers fighting each other. We also love the sister and brother angle. I don't know, kind of combine them. Kalen, <laughs> uh, when you first saw Empire Strikes Back, what was your impression? Man, this was the first movie I ever remember watching in the theater. I was like three years old, and it made a huge impression on me. I loved it. I was just blown away. Just visually, every, everything. It like... It changed my viewpoint of movies. Like, and then of course, you know, I got the toys and, you know, all the books and magazines and, you know, all the, you know, records and tapes and everything. And this was the one that made me fall in love with star Wars. I, you know, still to this day, I share the majority opinion that this is the strongest star Wars movie they've ever made. And so you disagree with George Lucas. <laughs> I do disagree with George Lucas. Oh. Yes. I think this is definitely the strongest. And I like the fact that it ends on a downer. Mm -hmm. Different, too. Like, yeah. no movies ever really did that before. It's like, they they lost? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Han Solo is, you know, frozen and taken away, and they're kind of, you know, without that. So, yeah, they're kind of screwed at the end. Well, we know two people that are screwed. Hell! <laughs> <laughs> Angie, when's the first time you ever saw Empire? Oh, again, I have no idea. As soon as my mom found it and sat me down and made me watch it, I loved just the different locations and uh, the walkers on the ice planet. Oh, I love those so much. And then... The whole scene with uh, Han Solo in the carbon freezing, that really affected me. I was just like, oh my god, this is so cool. How did they do that? And then the whole like um, sky around Cloud City, I thought it was gorgeous. And nice location. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cloud City, I don't know. I mean, I... I have my issues with Cloud City a little bit. I think that the name Bespin's better than just Cloud City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like, well, why isn't Tatooine just like Desert City? <laughs> like, <laughs> sand City. <laughs> Good old sand planet. But I do like that change in the environment a little bit like that. I think that that's cool. And Hoth, uh, Angie just brought up the, you know, the elephants on the ice kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome opening, though. Like, it makes sense that they would go to a planet like that where it's hard to find them. And mm -hmm. why would the Empire want to go to that planet? It's a bitch to live there. And you got the abominable snowman fighting people and stuff. <laughs> Little wampas. 
Yeah, Hoth was great. I, I love the Adats, you know, that whole scene with the, you know, snow speeders and the Adats. Adat was one of those toys that I always wanted as a kid, but I can never get because it was too expensive. But I did have my favorite ship, which was which was in this one. And I think probably my favorite ship in all of the Star Wars universe. And that would be the snow speeder. I love the snow speeder. Really? That's your favorite? With I the tow cable? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. Is it because of the Hoth scene or is it just the look of it? Uh, it's mostly the look of it. I, I like the tow cable part of it. I like, you know, the, just the whole design of it. I think it's great. I bet it was fun to play with, too. Oh, plus it was fun to play with, yeah. Does it come I with get... a tow cable? Yes, it does. Nice. I can tell you now, on Battlefront, the speeder name is ironic, because they're not very fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I get my ass blown up by a TIE fighter. Well, it's better to have, like, a snow speeder than a snow slower. <laughs> The marketing the, for that people uh, it would be terrible if they called them slowers. The snow slug. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> they were little snow slugs. Mm-hmm. So we had a real strong in- introduction here. It's not an intro if you watch episodes one to three, but episode five brings up the idea you're going to go to Dagobah and you're going to train with Yoda. Who's Yoda? It's Kermit the Frog. What? With the voice of Grover. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I was not even born when Empire first came out, but when I first got into Star Wars, the idea of Yoda to me was ridiculous. It was just kind of like, that little thing's supposed to be this great Jedi and whatever. I grew to love Yoda, because Yoda's the shit, Mm -hmm. but I can't imagine at the time seeing that and thinking that that's a Jedi. Like, that must have been so jarring of like what the hell is happening to this movie that thing is a jedi no what? i love the fact that he looked you know he was so small and weak mm-hmm. and that he was this powerful being that you couldn't so yeah. unsuspecting yeah like yoda they did a great job pulling it off like yoda's this little thing and it's like it's going to lead you to this powerful jedi and the twist of like well, that that's the Jedi. Okay, well, you know, you underestimate the size of your muscles aren't really the way that you're supposed to be, like, that's not power, and I'm little, but I can lift up the X-Wing, and you can't do shit. Like, Yoda's awesome. He's weird, though. Like, I don't see as much of a connection between Yoda in this and the prequels. That He's like a, a nut job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Is it just because he spent 20 years on this desolate planet? Maybe. I think so. You know, dementia comes with old age. But yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think the fact that, that he was isolated for so long, you know, it's it's interesting because, like you said, he, when, when he first meets him, he has no idea that that's even Yoda. You know, he's like, oh, I'm looking for a great Jedi master. He goes, oh, you seek Yoda. He's like, oh, what do you know about Yoda? And then he, and then he you know, kind of finds how wise he truly is. So it, it changes his opinion and opens his eyes in that regard. So I think that's cool. Yeah, another thing I always thought of was everything that had gone on in the Force, how the Force got so weak and just everything that happened in those years that he was isolated. Actually, with Yoda, they toned him down a lot. Because if he stayed as he was, I think we would have had another Jar Jar Binks on our hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, he wouldn't have been believable as a Jedi, too, you know? Mm-hmm. 
if he would have just been like, mine, mine, mine the whole time, and then it would have been like, God damn, why didn't anybody kill this fucker back in the day? <laughs> but I'm curious about one thing. I, I don't know if they've ever explained this in anything. If they have, leave it in the comments below. Please tell me. What's going on with that the whole thing in Dagobah that he's got, like, the vision of Darth Vader and whatever? Like, he says, that's strong on the dark side. How? And why, if it's strong on the dark side, why the fuck would you go to Dagobah? Because it's a great hiding place. See, I was always, before episode three came out, I was dead set on the idea that there was going to be some kind of a fight there or something. Like, maybe that that would be the place that they killed Count Dooku and, like, his spirit was sort of, like, like resonated through there and, you know, maybe that would be a reason why they would go there or something like that, but... As far as I know, they've never given it really an explanation, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. Really curious. It is a bit confusing. I mean, I just I just always thought the reason why he went there is because he would, you know, not likely to be found. There's lots of life there, right. but there's no technology, so he would kind of blend in. It would just you know, be like this trash kind of planet, mm-hmm. you know, no you civilization. Pay attention to it, right? The dark side thing, though, that that always confused me. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's like, well, does he manifest that? Does Yoda know how to, like, manipulate the dark side now or something? Like, really weird. Perhaps that's where they they land to take a poop. Like, like that poop's (laughs) got to go somewhere, right? So Dagobah is just the, the, the place where they dump all the poop. Oh, so that kind of dark side. Oh. Uh, it would explain the swampy, muddy water, right? <laughs> what kind of uh, oh, soup are they eating then? Oh, and all that bacteria. <laughs> Terrible. We have a reintroduction to Boba Fett, if you watched episodes one to three. And he's a little bit different this time around. Full-on Mandalorian armor. He hasn't learned all that much from uh, his dad, mm-hmm. it seems, but he's responsible for taking Han Solo away. Kind of cool, and following his father's footsteps a little bit. Boba Fett, though, first time people are watching him in Empire, because they didn't add him in A New Hope yet, becomes a massive character, and it's just because of the way that he looks. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, total badass costume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that something that's kind of cool, I mean, I mentioned before, when you watch A New Hope and it doesn't make sense as much because of certain things that are from the prequels and stuff... I didn't realize this until they did it in episode two, but how similar Boba Fett's mask looks to the stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if maybe they did have that a little bit planned. I don't know. Cause I thought that was that, intentional. Yeah. He's got that black, like centerpiece kind of thing. It and could it just looks be like, like it's made out of the same material. Yeah. Do you think his son scooped out? The head. The head, <laughs> and then wore that helmet. No, no it's just like, well, you could spray paint it, right? No, you see a little shadow of the head fly out. Which uh, is I, like, thought he, I thought he picks it up and looks inside and sees his dad's head. No, when, you, when they show the shot of the shadow of the head flying off, you can, like, for a split second, see, like, something pop out of it. So it's like the head flies off, and then the head just flies out of that. <laughs> so you got to imagine Boba Fett is like, you know, my dad's dead. 
Oh my god, he doesn't have a head anymore. And where's the head? <laughs> Some people like, are kicking it like a soccer ball. You know? <laughs> Poor Boba. Yeah. We got an introduction to a brand new character, though, this time around. Smooth motherfucker Lando. First black guy. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And for a while, the only black guy. Yeah. So, funny enough, this is something I didn't know until something the other day when I was checking it out. The original idea for Lando was going to be that he was a clone. Really? I didn't hear that. I didn't either. I did not know this until a couple days ago. I, it I was... thought he was a clone. No, the original idea was going to be that Lando... Uh, like everybody on Cloud City, they were all like, like Lando was kind of the template clone. Hmm. I don't know oh. if he was supposed to be part of the Clone Wars or if like maybe they were like carryover people from that or whatever like that. But he would have been like one of the clone kind of things. I'm hmm. so glad they didn't do that. Because they kept off, the line in with uh, Han Solo saying something like you old dog. And then he was like, yeah, I haven't aged a day or some shit like that, right? Uh, I think he says that they haven't aged. Mm-hmm. Not Lando. Although Lando doesn't really age that much. If you see uh, Billy D now, he looks pretty damn good for his age. <laughs> Billy D. Williams is the only original cast member that I've actually gotten to meet in person. Yeah. Is he as cool as he seems like he would be? Oh, smooth as hell. Works every time. Gives you a handshake and your knees go weak. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Somehow you're drunk. <laughs> what was the, the alcohol that he always... Advertise Cold forty five. Cold forty five. That's what really? it yeah. works every oh. time. Yeah. <laughs> Lando's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad they didn't go the clone route because that would have been racist as fuck. <laughs> been like, really, clones are the black people. <laughs> people that haven't followed Clerks, by the way, um, if you if you get into Clerks and whatever, and you never saw the animated series, it only ran for six episodes, and it's brilliant. It's oh, hilarious. it's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Especially episode two, where they do a lot of jokes of, like, Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, oh, it's cold in here. It's Hoth cold. <laughs> we already made that Star Wars reference. <laughs> but I love when they introduce the idea. They do the little mailbag thing, and uh, they're reading off, and it's like, why are there no women on your show? Are you afraid of women? Yes. Okay, the next question. Why are there no black people on your show? Oh, this really bugs us. So we're going to introduce a brand new character, Lando. Yeah. <laughs> and he just pops up real quick. Hey, Randall. Hey, Lando. <laughs> it's fantastic. God damn, I love that. Uh, we got a real amped up version of a lightsaber fight this time around. It's actually good, you know, instead mm-hmm. of the Obi-Wan one. And that leads into the moment of the movie. The the number one best thing out of pretty much everything I would say for Empire, and that's the twist. You know, Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father, and they kept that secret. They had the line originally is uh, in the script itself it says Obi Wan killed your father, mm-hmm. and then you you know you get the real line, I am your father, and it's just ah, oh, I get goosebumps every time I see that. It's so yeah. good. It was uh, absolutely amazing, the feeling behind it and just what it did to you, the storyline. I'm fair play to, to Mark Hamill. He did, he did inhabit the, his inner Adrian Christensen. <laughs> when, he, when, when, he was, when, he was, when he said, Obi-Wan told me, you killed him! 
It was pretty good. Was, I, I like the comparison between the two. I thought you were talking about the inner Hayden Christensen with a no. Yeah. Uh, no! <laughs> no! No! But let's talk a little bit about the twist in general. I mean, they kept that a secret, and the audiences must have gone nuts. Yeah, I... I don't remember, you know, since I was, I was really young, I, you know, and I saw this in the theater, I didn't remember that being like a huge thing to me because it was just like, oh, he's his father. OK, but, you know, now in retrospect, you know, that that's a huge plot point, you know, something like that they would never be able to do today. And that's one of the reasons I'm actually going to kind of very minimally be on the Internet in the next week because the mo- the next episode, episode seven is just about to be released. And so to avoid potential spoilers like that. Uh, I'm going to, you know, keep my internet to a minimum because there's no way you could keep a secret like that these days, a secret that huge or even something like, you know, the sixth sense, you know, they would never be able to have basically anything with the twist anymore because the, ru- the internet ruins everything and spoils it. Spoiler alert. Bruce Willis is dead all along. <sighs> he's I'm been so dead the whole time in Force Awakens. That. Fuck. Plus he's actually Kaiser Soze. What? <laughs> 70's gonna be a Homer Simpson, right? Coming out of that movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> or the you know, the person going by the the line outside the bookstore with the megaphone, Snape kills Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard at that video. Like, OMG, OMG Kylo Ren is actually Luke's Jar Jar. Son. See the the little thing that they referenced on The Simpsons, that idea that Homer would go out and just go, oh, man, what an ending. I can't believe that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. Yeah. And everybody's just like, oh, fuck, or whatever. That scene inspired me to do the same thing for, like, every movie now. Yes. <laughs> Although I just make the same jokes every time. With fake ones, yes. Yeah. I, every single movie is they all die at the end. It all turns out to be a dream. Like, it's just no matter what. I'll go into, like... I don't know, the good dinosaur and be like, oh, did you guys hear that at the end of the good dinosaur? It's all dream and they all die. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> same thing every single time or whatever. I, I did it with the current Avengers film. I, I, I actually did it. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they killed Quicksilver off. Oh, you actually told them the real <laughs> I, 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 actually, I actually did that, yeah. Oh, well, shame people, on you. People wasn't best pleased. People were not best pleased. It is kind of funny though that like, People sort of, if they get to know that you do these jokes, if you throw the real one out there every once in a while, you get them still. Like, um, I don't know, like if you were watching that that, and you make enough jokes of they all die at the end or whatever, then you eventually see a movie where they all die at the end and you're like, oh, you know, they all die at the end. They're like, oh, you know, I know that Tony makes this joke all the time. What the fuck? They all die at the end? (laughs) (laughs) But at least they didn't truly believe it. You son of a bitch. (laughs) So I'm going to throw out a couple of those things when it comes to standing in line in The Force Awakens, you know. I'll tell the audience, I'll be just, you know, they're all standing around. So did you hear that this happens in the movie? Be like, do you guys hear about that scene where Jar Jar is still in the Senate? (laughs) Just like whisper it to whoever you're with just a little too loud. Just loud enough, yeah. Yeah. Be like, so this new Star Wars film is part of Interception. What's Interception? Inception? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, Inception. Well, then that's when I, people over here, they go, what's Interception? And you go, oh, you didn't hear about the sequel to Inception? <laughs> Turns out it was a dream within oh. a dream within a dream. Well, see, my go-to other joke I can't make in this one, which is anytime that there's a number 
you got to deal with the whole thing like District 9. Oh, man, I didn't see the first District 8 or the Fantastic Four. I didn't see the first three. I can't do that with episode seven. seven? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see the first six. Oh, Oh, well, you should (laughs) have. Well, I'm sure this is going to be some people's first Star Wars movie ever. Yeah. Which is going to be weird and wrong. (laughs) It it might be a good standalone movie. That's true. Still, I would have, like, if I had a kid, I would just force him to watch four, five, six, one, two, three, and then go to the seven. (laughs) Yep, <laughs> that's the way to do it. That's the best way. This Having marathon gonna... one to six, the best way is four, five, six. Then... I think this is going to be my nephew's. My nephew is three years old, and this is going to be his first movie in the theater. Nice. So, but he loves uh, the other six Space. Star Wars movies. Yeah. Well, he yeah he every Space time he comes Space. over, he's like pulls my Star Wars DVDs off the shelf, and he's like, "Which one should we watch now?" Oh God, he did every, that. He was like every, only two. Every single time oh. he comes over, he's like, "Star Wars, Star Wars," and like, we actually we it. put it on. Oh yeah, and... we've watched Star Wars with him several times. Which oh, one does he so go cute. for the most? Uh, he likes them all about the same. Yeah, if I'd, he sees it, he'll. I'd grab say it. I'd say uh, Episode Four: A New Hope though is the one that he goes to most. Smart kid. <laughs> yeah, my mom forced me to watch these. You know, before I even forced. Remember, (laughs) and Star Trek and just she loves space in general and like sci-fi. This is off topic, but did you ever have to get what when you were a kid? Did you ever get forced to watch 2001? You know, I think I watched that on my own. Never seen it. Hard as hell to get through, but it's so worth it. Yeah, definitely recommend everybody out there. If it takes you two times to watch it, I understand. <laughs> but it's yeah. By the end of watching that movie, you're as blown away as you are with the Darth Vader twist on this one. It's just oh man, it's so good. Um, but can't talk about that forever. We're gonna wrap this up. Empire Strikes Back, zero to ten scale. Anything else you want to throw out there, Sean? He has disappeared. I was muted. My bad. Uh, from <laughs> you still when... just. <gasps> It's his father. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so shocked. From uh, one to ten, I'd give this the perfect score. Perfect ten. Perfect ten. Ty Dillinger old, ten. Ty Dillinger. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! People that aren't in the wrestling right now are like, "The fuck is Ty Dillinger? Yeah. <laughs> is that a new Jedi?" <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Jedi Master Ty Dillinger sounds like one. It sounds like one. Yeah. Better name than um, Poe Dameron. The, the reason the reason I gave it a perfect ten is number one, the villains win. Number two, the spaceships are pretty badass. Three, Hoff. I, I, I love the planet Hoff. It's different. Uh, four, the whole carbonite scene. That's pretty cool. And uh, and five, the twist. And it's the first time I ever seen somebody's hand getting chopped off, which was pretty cool. And and ever since then, I always wanted a robotic hand. But since I've grew up and I know all about these robotic hands and shit, I'd rather not. I'd rather keep my own. (laughs) Yeah. Caitlin, what are your thoughts? Zero to ten. This is my favorite movie of all time. So I'm giving this for all the same reasons that Sean said and everything that we discussed so far. This gets my perfect ten. There's not really much I could say to improve this one. Angie, round us out. I 
you know, I agree with everybody and for myself is a perfect 10, but in general, I'm going to have to give it a 9.5 because you need to see the other movie. That's a good point. You beat me to it because <laughs> I was going to give it the same thing. This is about like a nine or so too on the same, it's on par with a new hope and it just, it makes it so much better. Yep. Mm-hmm. And True, I actually forgot to mention that's a tomato st- meter. Oh, it's just a tiny bit above a new hope. They both have a 94 for the critics. A new hope has a 96 for the audience and empire has a 97. Just 1% higher for one half of the score. That's interesting. Yeah, I I put them almost on the same page. You know, like I said, episode four definitely is the best standalone film. But if you're looking at the overall arc of all six of them, this one, I believe, is the strongest. But within context of the other ones. Right, yeah. Because without the other ones to bookend it and stuff, it's just eh, not as much. Yeah. Still a great movie, though. Mm Mm-hmm. So we have one more left to do. That is Return of the Jedi, Episode 6, Part 6, coming up next. Stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back, everybody, to the final part of this. It's Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, originally called Revenge of the Jedi, before Lucas realized that it's a little bit too mean. You know, George Lucas, he knows what to do. He knows that Empire sucks, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. But Return of the Jedi came out in 1983. It is a 79 and a 95 on the tomato meter. So dip down for the critic scale, but stand pretty much the same when it comes to the audience score. I'm surprised about that. Overall impressions, I don't think Return of the Jedi measures up. I think there's a lot of falls here, and uh, I'm going to talk about those in a few minutes or so. But Return of the You're Jedi, just holding a grudge against the Ewoks. Eh, a little bit. There's two main problems with this. Ewoks are one of them. <laughs> The other one's the beginning of the movie. It's the beginning and the end. Everything in the middle is awesome. But, Kaylin, what do you think about Return of the Jedi? You were older now when you're watching this. I assume you saw it in theaters. So you're right yep. around the prime age for the Ewoks and everything. Oh, yeah. I was I was uh, six years old when this one came out. And, like I said, after going to see Empire Strikes Back in the theater, those well, when you're a kid, years go by much slower. So it seemed like forever between them. And this was so highly anticipated, you know, not not just by me, but by everybody. And so when I finally got to to go and see, you know, we got to see what Jabba the Hutt looked like. Uh, you know, we got to see what happened, you know, because the Death Star, you know, what was going on with that. And, you know, the Ewoks were kind of cool. But overall, it was just because we knew that this was going to be the end. You know, this was it. This was the final. So what, what's going to happen is just not knowing and it was just so highly anticipated and I was more excited ahead of time about this than any of them, even episode one. Hmm. I don't know if it necessarily lived up to it, but I was very, very uh, much anticipating it. Uh, Angie, did you see this one in theaters? No, again, the same as the others. My mom made me watch it and I have no idea how old I really was. Math. Math will tell you. (laughs) (laughs) You were one and a half when it came out. You still could have seen it. (laughs) I have no idea. What was your first impression of Return of the Jedi? There were parts I really liked, like Leia's slave outfit. Um, Who dislikes that? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I loved uh, Jabba the Hutt. Like, just what he looks like and like how he died 
Um, but this was definitely my least favorite one. John, what about you? First impressions of Return of the Jedi, were you still uh, in chickenpox mode? I was still in chickenpox mode. I did it, I did all three in one day. Hmm. Covered in oatmeal. Trying to stop from scratching. Another mitts. And uh yeah, I I didn't enjoy this one as much. I think it's because of my attention span. Well, after watching the two other ones, <laughs> I could see yeah. But out of the three, I would say this is the weakest. I I thought the beginning, like you said, was a bit off. And uh I don't know, I just I just overall don't generally enjoy this one. Still to this like, day, I, I, I enjoy I enjoy it more than the prequels. Like, don't get me wrong, but out of the three, if I if I don't have to watch one of them, it'd be this one. I can see what you mean because I gotta say this is this is a downside kind of Return of the Jedi doesn't work as well. And again, I, I said before I'll bring it up um, in more detail here. There's two parts of this movie that I don't like, beginning and the end. Hmm. Well. Not so much the end, or the Ewoks at the end. <laughs> but the beginning of this movie, similar to New Hope, it just goes on way too long. It's like they spent too much time on Tatooine in these films. They're, the the job of the Hut stuff, that's a good, like, third of the film. And it's just to get Han back. Like, that could have been ten minutes, I think. Yeah. It's weird, too. Like, now that we watch the special editions, we got to sit through that... Max Rebo crap. Oh, I pretend that doesn't exist. <laughs> Even before actually, actually, that, when I when I watch it now, I do have to skip past the musical number. I don't blame you because it's terrible. It's one of the worst things out of all six films combined. Like yep. I would rather watch a Jar Jar scene than that. Yep. Damn it, Lucas. But even before they introduced that, it still was just like just too much. The idea that they're like torturing the droids and it does that like it screams in pain when it's got the, the branding iron on it or whatever. And Boba Fett's death is like so lame. Yeah. I really didn't like that part. Well, his quote unquote death, you know, I, I don't, I don't believe that that, that actually killed him. Better not. <laughs> you better be better than it is kind of weird Fett. though. Uh, I, somebody read on Reddit mentioned it and sorry, I can't credit you cause I didn't write down your name, but it's kind of cool, though, if you look at it, that in Attack of the Clones, Jango Fett's uh, jetpack doesn't fire when he expects it to. And in Return of the Jedi, Boba Fett's fires when he doesn't expect it to. So they both yeah. are screwed over by their jetpacks in the opposite way. And, and to be fair, right, he is still alive. They do say that you're going to be digested over a thousand years. So technically... He's still alive inside. Yeah, I think he's got the skills and and you know technical abilities to get out of there alive. Yeah. In fact, I would not be surprised to see him in Episode Seven. Oh, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. either. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be or not. I haven't read those spoilers, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, uh, damn it! That's Ray's real name. She's Boba Fett. Ray Fett. <laughs> Ray Fett. Yeah. <laughs> It just feels like uh, filler to me, though. That that whole intro thing. It, you need to get Han back, of course, because he's back into the film. They never killed him off like the original intention was going to be. But it takes way too long. And it, it's kind of like the movie just... We need to go 
capture Han, confirm that Vader's the dad, and then we go right into the final part. It's sort of, I don't know, it falls victim to the same thing that a lot of the third film in the trilogy does, where it's all action, mm-hmm. which is yeah. kind of cool. I mean, it, you know, action's fun, but there's not as much story. I'll agree. Anybody want to argue against that point? No, I no. I totally agree. I, I think that's right. I mean, it's yeah, it's basically, you know, we get them rescuing Han at Jabba's palace. And I liked a lot of the stuff with Jabba's palace. But then, like, most of the movie after that is just Endor. Fucking Endor, man. <laughs> Agreed. Fucking Endor. Fucking Endor. <laughs> yeah. Christ. I'm going to correct you here. The forest moon of Endor. <laughs> Oh, Aww. who gives a fuck? It's just, <laughs> all right. It's Showing my nerd credit here. I like the action here. on it, and I, because of my age and as a cute little girl, I liked the Ewoks. How modest to say that you're a cute little girl. At that age. <laughs> <laughs> so I was this darling, perfect little kid. <laughs> I was. Well, that, that brings us into the Ewoks thing. I've been shitting on them every, every now and then. And I'm going to continue to shut on them. Little bears. Really? Yes, exactly. That's all marketing. That's exactly what they Yeah. Those stormtroopers should have mowed those little fuckers down. Yeah, that was that was kind of ridiculous how they were able to stand and fight the fucking Empire. Mm-hmm. That was kind and of he, ridiculous. He even specifically says, too, an entire legion of my finest troopers, or whatever the exact quote is, the best stormtroopers are being bested by little bears with sticks. I definitely think that's the beginning of the marketing. Mm-hmm. Originally, he wanted to have the, the Wookiees, which would have been mm-hmm. cool. Oh, yeah. Right. That I could have bought, because those are badass. You know, They rip the arms out of sockets. They have crossbows that shoot laser beams somehow. And it's just like little tiny bears. I don't know. I, I can't judge them by their size, do you? Damn right I do. <laughs> <laughs> judge them by their inability to swing something around without hitting themselves in the freaking head. Okay, yeah, that is kind of ridiculous. And the fact that they worship C-3PO as well. I know, the, the most annoying character out of the bunch is the one that's the god to them. <laughs> but he was shiny. <laughs> well, so was R2. So was Luke's but lightsaber, you know? Mm-hmm. Yub nub. Fucking yub nub. <laughs> Victory celebration all the way. Out. Yeah, thank God they wrote that song out. <laughs> yeah, Kalen. <laughs> Victory celebration probably works better and is more appropriate, but yub nub is classic. Come on. Yeah. Yub nub. Screw yub nub. Yub nub's on there with, uh, with Jar Jar. Yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with Tony on that. There's the age discrepancy of whether or not you love <laughs> yub nub. <or> not. Nah. <laughs> I prefer Yubnub. So from one thing that I don't, you know, people are 50-50 on Ewoks, but I think everybody's 100% on this other character, Akbar. Oh, yeah. It's a drop. <laughs> what a great Techn- line. Technically, Leia said it first. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. An empire. But that's not who she was. <laughs> she wasn't an admiral then. That's true. Admiral Akbar's coming back in Force Awakens. I hope he says it's a trap. Oh, I mean, no. Just... No. no. They better not do that. They better not. Oh, someone, I want him to say it's a trap. Someone around him should say it, but not him. 
somebody around him says it's a trap, and he goes, "Hey, yeah, you should be in the scene when it's said or something similar." But oh, if he says it, that'll ruin it. What's what's Lando's monkey Down syndrome partner called? Lobot. Is it Lobot? Is it Lobot or is it Neon Numb? That guy. Which one are you talking about? The guy in the Millennium Falcon. Oh, oh, that guy. Neon Neon Numb, I think. The one that's like, yeah, he's great. None, but he reminds go. me of a Down syndrome monkey. <laughs> Down syndrome monkey. That's a lot more offensive than what I always used to think he looked like, which was a yeah. stack of pancakes. <laughs> Here we go. I just shared the link. That's who you're talking about, right? The M numb. Yeah. I like how he thinks things are funny, though. People are dying around him, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just laughing. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> What a fucking weirdo. No, I thought you were talking about Lobot from Empire. Which I... You get him and Lot Dodd confused Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's the guy, yeah. The one that Caitlin said. Yeah, no. yeah mm. Down Syndrome Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> With pancakes for a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How weird is it, though, seeing up. that guy and Lando piloting the Millennium Falcon instead of Chewie and Han? Yeah, that is kind of weird. Now, originally, they were going to die. There was a whole bunch of people that were going to die. Uh, Lando was going to die, and uh, Han was going to die at one point. Obviously, they went with not killing them off, but would it have made sense to kill them? I don't think they wanted to do that to the audience, but storyline-wise, I think so, in a way. See, I think Han dying would have been too much, but Lando, I could have bought into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then or, he wouldn't have had him clapping at the end during Yub Nub. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Wedge, if Wedge would have died. Since Wedge was able to, like, survive two and, uh, well, one and two, technically, I guess. But technically, a lot of those little alien people that we never saw who collected the data died. Yeah, many boffins died. <laughs> yeah, many boffins. What the fuck? What the fuck are mini boffins? Not mini boffins. <laughs> mini boffins. We already had mini bears. We don't need many uh, mini boffins. They look like wolves, I think, if I remember correctly. Boffins. Yep. Like wolf people or something. Maybe the uh, is that the wolf guy in the cantina? Is that a boffin? Maybe. I don't believe so. I need to see a close-up picture. Let's see what Wikipedia says. I love that. That's Wikipedia. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I don't believe so. No, they don't have a real picture of him. Hmm. Mon Mothma, yeah, they finally introduced a second woman into the mix, which is like, yeah. good. Yeah, you realized one of your big flaws. But yet, still only one black guy. Oh, now I know why they didn't kill him. It wasn't a horror story. You can't kill off the only black guy. Ah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Watch out, Finn. <laughs> Lando's son. Or Mace Windu's son, if you according to Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Sam Jackson's awesome. Um, we had uh, Death Star number two. And I mentioned this before. A little bit underwhelming that's just another Death Star. And this one's more powerful. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't see you blowing up any planets. I think they should have changed the uh, looking of it just a little bit. I mean, it did more. look different. But I think it should have had some kind of upgraded capabilities. Yeah. It looked half built. 
You should have been able to see it. Right, but that thing was operational. It wasn't half built. <laughs> it's also not a moon. It's a space station. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that they could have done something a little bit different. Maybe instead of having the Death Star that they needed to explode, maybe they just were going to do like a campaign on the headquarters or something. Like that would have been kind of cool to see Coruscant. Well, Coruscant didn't technically exist. Right. But, you know, like maybe they do like a, an attack on Imperial HQ. I don't know. I do like the lightsaber duel at the end, though. That's one of the best parts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like it as much as the one from Empire if I'm going original trilogy, but there's some good parts to it when Luke flips out. The music in that's awesome. And uh, Vader toying around, you know, maybe sister is going to turn into the Jedi, uh, the the set that we want, that kind of thing. Nice little manipulation on that. Yeah. Big fan of it. Even more so than the lightsaber duel, though, probably one of my favorite parts of this whole film is that a couple of scenes before that when he says, you know, you uh, you made a new lightsaber, and he says, yeah, I still feel the good in you, and it's, it's too late for me, that kind of thing. I love that. Just the idea that He's even turning around that point. And you can tell that Vader's still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really liked how important the story was and what happened in the end. The turn to the light side? Yeah, the mm-hmm. turn in which you found out and just just what happened with it. So <laughs> does the, the prophecy maybe like neuter that a little bit to anybody? Because I've heard that argument. Like it so. was, that it was better when he just turned to the good side instead of having something that would say that he would. I think he just realized that Luke Skywalker was his son. And after all these years of the Emperor lying to him, he finally sussed out that Padme was still alive. And he was just pissed. Hmm. And he was like, damn, I could have carried on hitting that booty <laughs> to be fair it wasn't damn it was no <laughs> god i hate that they added that in there but what do you guys think about the the death of the emperor actually you know in general too this is the first time i, I saw don't the emperor. think the emperor is dead no he's totally dead the i think he i think he did what luke skywalker did and went down a little cubby hole and escaped and then he trained up this new dude to be the emperor's new bitch or he cloned Darth Vader or some shit. And that's why this guy looks like Adrian Christensen from the back. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if it is Adrian Christensen, right, I'm going to slip my wrist there and then in the movie theater. Who's Adrian oh. Christensen? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> His brother. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you guys think about the Emperor and, uh, you know, we get the introduction of him and his death. I mean, we, we technically sort of saw him in Empire, but different actor, better actor. One that's not made out of monkeys. And, uh, you know, th- this guy's got force lightning. Like, we never saw that before. And he gets punked out by being thrown down a shaft. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was great. I loved the the appearance of the Emperor. And, you know, it was it was kind of leading up to that, you know, like you were talking about in, in uh, Empire Strikes Back. You know, they had the weird-looking Emperor that they eventually replaced. But actually seeing him there and seeing how much power he had because Darth Vader was like the end all be all of bad guys until we found out about this emperor and then, Oh, Darth Vader's subservient to this emperor. 
So kind of seeing him and how he was pulling the strings, I think was, was awesome, you know, and seeing the dynamic of the relationship between Vader and Palpatine. And then eventually how Vader ended up turning on Palpatine at the end. That that was huge. Do you know by any chance how much power he had? Unlimited <laughs> power. <laughs> oh. Terrible line. I hate it so much. Andy, what were your thoughts on seeing the Emperor for the first time and his uh death scene? Fitting end? Oh, Definitely. It was just so amazing and uh, just, you know, shocking to me. And I loved seeing it. And then, of course, you know, like every other movie, the bad guy had to lose. Yeah, see, no no, uh, Revenge of the Sith double depressing ending. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. We get victory celebration. We get little Ewok bears banging on the heads of stormtroopers. I wish George Lucas kept with his original idea of About Luke putting the Darth, uh, Darth Vader mask on. I think that would have been pretty cool. I think that would have been too depressing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then, like, where do you go from there? Like, who would stop Luke? I know, overall, with the Nobody. Emperor, though. He destroys destroys all the planets because he didn't get his goddamn power converter in the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I wasn't super happy with how the Emperor died. I mean, I can't necessarily off the top of my head think of a better way that he should have died. But just throwing him down like that, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say something about that. I didn't like how he died, but I don't have anything... Else, really, but the force lightning that was cool seeing that for the first time. Yeah, I don't know if I can think of a, a better alternative. Like if they were to to redo it or whatever, because if you went too crazy and had like a lightsaber duel or whatever, it'd be a little bit weird. Like what makes it so powerful is the idea that he just turns and then immediately kills him. Maybe an additional power that we hadn't seen before, because you know we you know he had the force choke and then we see the force lightning. Maybe some other kind of you know something similar along those lines. Yeah. Oh, maybe something like he just sort of concentrates and blows up the emperor. <laughs> like, yeah. There you yeah, go. Some, yeah. Some kind of power that he didn't even know he had. Mm. That's that really right. It's kind of retarded. Okay. He, he, the dude's got a lightsaber, and yet he still picks up bloody, what's his name? Palpatine, and throws him down the fucking hole. Why didn't he just use his lightsaber and stab him in the back? Oh, he can't. It fell down that shaft after Luke chopped it off. Mm hmm. Well, he can still use the force to bring you back up. <laughs> I think at that point he's sitting there going, where did that go? All right, it's going to take a while to come back up the oh, shaft. Oh, and... oh, why didn't he use Luke's lightsaber? Luke threw it away. Because Luke's an idiot. You can still <laughs> use the force and bring that bitch back up, you know? <laughs> yeah, but why didn't he use Palpatine's lightsaber? Because <laughs> that one's still around, right? Yeah, that one's still around. I mean, we never saw him get rid of it. Because that one's red, still... and he, at that point he was like, yo, I don't like red anymore. I want blue back. Still be in the back pocket. No, like... he had too much power. He didn't need his lightsaber. It would have been kind of cool, though, maybe like a force like disintegration or something. Like he, you know, uh, sort of, you see like the Emperor, like maybe 
body parts are like flying off or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that been, yeah, forced disintegration. So that would have made it ironic when he said to Boba Fett, no disintegrations. <laughs> He's like, that's my, <laughs> that's my wheelhouse. Don't steal my gimmick. <laughs> oh. Uh, so <laughs> rounding us out here. And he uh, still, hang, hang on, he still knows the force push because he did it in episode three. Well, maybe he's using the force push to keep him going down the shaft. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, there's artificial gravity, and he would have been, like, uh, floating or something, you know, differently. But he throws him down and then force pushes him into the little uh, energy <laughs> thing. Just as a little fuck you, kind of. He's like, that opera was boring. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, so we, we end this off with, um, you know, for the longest time, we thought that this was it. That was the end of the Star Wars story. Now we got episode seven coming out. Do you guys think it's a good idea for them to continue on or should this have been just, that's it? At this point, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, forever, I thought that they were only going to make the three and then they said they're going to do a new trilogy and I'm like, oh, cool. And then they were saying forever that that's it. They're never going to make any more. And now they're saying they're making more until I see all of the new ones and, you know, kind of go over it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm hoping for the best, but they could be terrible. They could be fantastic. At this point, it's still too early to say. I think they weren't necessary, but hopefully they add to the story and don't diminish it. Hopefully there's no crazy retcons, too, Mm -hmm. unless they make it to where it was like, well, let's redo the Ewoks to be Wookiees. (laughs) <laughs> At least I hope they don't, you know, retcon anything like, you know, on the level of midi-chlorians, you know, something like that, that like something that was always going on in the other six movies that were was never mentioned. And then, oh, by the way, it's this stupid reason why all this happened, you know. They're going to pull out a scroll and it's going to be the prophecy and the other half of the prophecy. And it was written by C-3PO. <laughs> Come on. Oh. Prophecy, the one who will bring balance to the force, dot, dot, dot. We just never read the rest of it. And then the rest is dot, dot, dot. And also in episode eight, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I guess that's it though. I mean, the return of the Jedi, we get the so-called end of the story. We don't know how it's going to continue. So we can't really talk about where it goes into, but a couple days from now, we're going to be able to see that. And of course we'll give you our review points and stuff about that when it comes down to it. But we need to round this up with return of the Jedi zero to 10. Anything else you guys want to mention? Kalen? Uh, nothing else I really want to mention as far as the movie goes. My rating overall, I'd say this is the weakest of the original trilogy, but it's still higher than, than the original, than the uh, prequels rather. I'm going to give this one, I'm split between 7.5 or eight, somewhere in that range. I gave, uh, episode three a 7.5. I think this is either on the 7.5. Yeah, some maybe somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere it's it's either on the same plane as episode three, or slightly higher. But it's definitely nowhere as good uh, or as high rated as episodes four and five. So I will say seven and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> Angie, uh, I'm going to give it a seven, and it is that high because of the end scene and the whole thing with the emperor. Darth Vader turning uh, the, uh, you know, Luke and the problem he has deciding 
Uh, but I think some parts of the other, the other parts of the movie just went on too long. Jabba. Yeah. Not enough slave Leia. <laughs> I didn't say I liked it. I just liked her outfit. <laughs> so what was your zero to ten? You said seven. Seven. seven? So we got around the 70 uh, range. Sean, what do you think? Is this about a 7? Upper, higher? I, I would have given this a 7. As long as they didn't mess around with the fucking ghosts at the end. Oh, yeah. Fuck I'm not counting the changes shit. in the special edition. I'm not I, I ain't giving the fucking... I'm counting the fucking changes. I ain't giving this a fucking 6. It would have been great. Just get rid of Christensen. Just get rid of him. <laughs> get rid of him. And then you get up a score. See, I got to go around like the six range too. I think that Return of the Jedi is sort of on par with Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace has a better story and better action, but it just doesn't mean as much as Return of the Jedi. So it sort of loses a little bit on that kind of translation. But weakest of all the original trilogy, totally agree with Kalen on that one. And I'm kind of okay with the idea that they're continuing the story. So... I'm just now worried that I hope that we get more Empire with a little bit of prequels mixed in. If we get Empire and Return, uh, Revenge of the Sith, then I'm cool. <laughs> but if we get the boring parts of A New Hope and the boring parts of Return of the Jedi and anything marketing towards kids, then I'm going to get worried. Yeah. But that's it then for Star Wars. That's it for episode 21 of uh, the movie club. Thankfully, there's not 21 movies yet for us to go through because we're not going to do that in one shot ever. I guarantee that. But uh, overall, last thoughts about this. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? And is there anything that you want to plug? Sean? Take off the mute. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My favorite episode has to be The Empire Strikes Back. Or A New Hope. Or I might get shot in the foot for this one, episode three. Just because of the ending. But plugs, facebook.com forward slash Premier Pals. If you want to send me hate mail. That will be uh, my Twitter, which I'm sure Tony will link at the bottom. Or if you want to send my hate mail towards me for sport, that will be at Premier Pals. Uh, also, we got episode nine up. That's live over on the YouTube. Just YouTube search Premier Pals or Happy Pope Gaming Productions. It's all on one channel. It's all good. It's all good in the hood. I might be doing some Twitch streaming. Uh, I'll let you all know about that in the near future. Kalen? Like we said before, I agree. Number five, Empire Strikes Back. Favorite movie of all time. Gave it a 10. And that is that is the highest point of Star, Star Wars, in my opinion. So, as far as plugs go, you can follow me on the Twitter, at Kalen Ferris. And if you want to send me spoilers on there, uh, feel free, because I won't be checking it until after I see the new movie. <laughs> Chris Willis dies at the end. Oh, shit. Oh. Bruce Willis is really right. Angie? Just like Caitlin, my favorite has always been Empire Strikes Back and probably always will be. 
and I am doing absolutely nothing right now. So. <laughs> no plugs. No plugs. You're currently doing a podcast. That's true. Yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite is Attack of the Clones. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh. No, I'm going to round this out with Empire, too. I mean, Empire is just, it's Empire. Unanimous. Yeah. It's hard to argue against anybody that says it's the best. And um, for my plugs, obviously, go check out the rest of everything that's coming your way from fanboysanonymous.com. If you've been interested in the Star Wars stuff, there are still more Star Wars things coming. Surprisingly, there's you know more that we can tap that well for. But go back and check out some of the other things as well. We did our group meeting about the special editions and the original cut. If you haven't watched that yet, we got a couple of articles about things like what they should be doing for Rogue One. Um, we got a Wed Better Dead coming up soon. So the people that are into Slave Leia, that's going to be interesting. There's going to be that Fanboys Fix It. And then once Force Awakens comes out, we're going to get the Minuteman review, the review point, anything else that's happening there. Making the grade review as well. Three reviews at the very least, for that movie are going to happen. <laughs> so lots of Star Wars to round out Star Wars Month. And you got to make sure that you follow Facebook and Twitter and the YouTube and iTunes and Stitcher and the website itself to get all of that. If you're interested in the wrestling side of things of A Mango Tree, go to smarkoutmoment.com and follow everything there. Keep your eyes peeled for an all-talk show. You never know when that's going to happen either. And just uh, follow Tony Mango and A Mango Tree on Facebook, Twitter, and all those other avenues, and you'll see anything else I want to throw out there. So, for episode 21, December 2015, of the Monthly Movie Club, thank you to all the panelists. Thank you to all you listening. Leave those comments below. Subscribe. Hit that thumbs up button. And keep on watching movies. At no point... In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? I'm too old for this. Good day, sir! You stay classy, San Diego. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm finished. That'll do, people. That'll go. Hasta la vista, baby. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! You're still here? It's over. Go home.